In the White House, President Eisenhower signs the proclamation that makes Alaska's entry into the Union official, nearly 92 years after Lincoln's Secretary of State bought the territory from the Russian Tsar for $7 million. The Alaska Wild Project podcast is brought to you by the following sponsors. The Bait Shack, located on Ship Creek upstream of the bridge. Can't miss the bright red shack. They're the go-to fishing gear rental and guide service on Ship Creek. Tight lines and fish on. Come hook into the action with them. Hit them up at thebaitshackak.com. Lawn Pro AK, your year-round professional property maintenance company, providing services such as weekly lawn maintenance, driveway sweeping, snow and ice management, and tons more. Get your free estimate today at lawnproak.com. Anchortown Dogs, located at 4th Avenue across from the old 4th Avenue Theater. Look for the blue and gold umbrella. From reindeer dogs to bomb euros, they've got you covered. Anchortown Dogs, your local gourmet hot dog and sausage cart. Menegato's Accounting, locally owned and operated advisory and tax accounting solutions. Passion, experience, diligence. Learn more at menegatosaccounting.com. Double Shovel Cider Company, located off Arctic and 58th. Handcrafted Alaskan-made cider. They also have a tap room downtown on the corner of 5th and E. Check them out at doubleshovelcider.com. Serrano's Mexican Grill, two locations, one on Tudor, one on Northern Lights. The Northern Lights location has their new tequila bar. Check it out. Also see their daily specials at serranosmexicangrill.com. AKO Farms, located in Sitka, Alaska, built from the ground up with concentrates as their single motivation. Find their products such as their sugar wax, full-spectrum diamond sauce carts, and more at the Treehouse AK and other dispensaries around the state. Ask your local bud tender about AKO. TheTreehouseAK.com, located at 341 Boniface Parkway, your all-in-one cannabis and CBD store. Ask the bud tender what the strain of the day is to get your 10% off. The Treehouse, where the culture lives. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under the influence. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. For the use of only by adults 21 and older. Keep out of the reach of children and marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. Tailored Restoration 24-Hour Emergency Home Services, helping Alaskans restore their dreams since 1972. Services include fire, water, mold, post-emergency cleaning, repair, and remodeling. Give them a call in Anchorage, Eagle River, Matsu, or Fairbanks. Hit them up at tailoredrestorationalaska.com. Hey. <laughs> what she got over there? Just a little. What you find? Of, a little piece of cardboard. Oh, that was. Uh, I think. Uh, hey. You don't know what it is. Putting putting together that little shelf. Last she really wants chew on that ram head. I can. There. I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> She's after it out it. pretty good. I think this is the first time we've got a, a pooch in the house. Yeah, I love it. it. Yeah, yeah. She's young, huh? Yeah, she's just over a year. Th- throw your earphones on, Mike. There you go. Yeah, I just Throw got yours her. on. I just got her about four months ago. Rescue? Yeah. Sweet. She's a sweetheart. She's a nice girl. She is. Yeah. She's got but, some good coloring to her. Uh, yeah. pit, pit mix? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good size. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Perfect. I was going to say perfect truck, truck and car dog, man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I felt bad. I was out of town a couple of weeks. She had kind of a hard time without me, but adapting. Yeah, yeah. my neighbors were kind of watching her. She was still staying at the house, but by herself, she tore stuff up a little bit. 
Oh, really? Yeah, she, she hadn't done that before. She was, I hadn't she left, she hadn't left my side for four months since I got her. And so she oh. didn't know what to do, you know? Mm-hmm. Missing you. Yeah. 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 And you were you were working Cordova for how long? I was in Cordova for about two weeks. I'll be okay. going back here in another week or so. Is it wet? It was really wet. Yeah, it was <laughs> raining hard every day. Just the whole time. Luckily, we were we were we were, we got a lot of inside work, so we were kind of timing it right. Nice, nice. Yeah, right. Any, on. any chance we'd get a little break in the clouds, we'd run outside and start welding outside. <laughs> we'll save those outside welds for when the sun comes out. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Well, uh, welcome to Alaska Wall Project Podcast, episode number thirty-seven. Um, we have the Iron Dog Boys here. We got Mike mm. Morgan and Chris Olds at Polaris Mike and at Chris Olds. Thanks for coming in, guys. Yeah, uh, thanks for having thank us. You. Appreciate you guys coming in, man. Um, a couple of uh, house house things here. If you haven't uh, gone to the website yet, alaskawallproject.com, go ahead and go there and pick yourself up a hoodie or a shirt or anything like that. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Leave us an Apple Podcast review. And we do have the tickets coming soon for our game meet party on February 19th. Um, if you're into Heather's Choice, the promo code is Alaska Wild. Um, I think that covers it all, right? Pretty much. Right on. Yeah, man. Right yeah, on. Patreon, too. I don't know if you threw that out oh, there. Oh, yeah, the patreon.com slash Alaska Wild Project. Um, if you want to support us there, any way you can support us, that's great. As you guys know, sponsors pay for a lot of that's big. a lot of they things that you guys do and, <laughs> and things that uh, Alaskans are trying to get out there because it's not cheap to get out and have fun. I wanted to ask about the sponsorship. Um, we'll just dive in, I guess. Yeah, let's um, do it. Yeah, I, w- I was really curious. Thinking about it on the way here tonight, like how does the sponsorship thing work? Well, I mean, I mean, if we weren't sponsored, we wouldn't be doing it. I mean, our big ones, Polaris, they, you know, they help us out a lot. So if it, you know, if it wasn't for Polaris helping us, we probably wouldn't be doing this after you know ten years. Yeah, ten years yeah. consistently. So right. Obviously, you've got to you've got to perform, and they like res- good results. So. Yeah. Yeah. They're not sponsoring number 29 coming in, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> coming in last. <laughs> Chris and I work pretty hard, and we take everything pretty seriously and try to have fun, of course, at the same time. But, um, yeah. yeah. I'm sure the competitive nature of just your own, you know, uh, drive on top of. Yeah. And then getting having some success, right? I'm sure when yeah. you guys got in the running for a win or a win it was like oh you just want to do it again right yeah, yeah. i mean it's it, it definitely helps i mean i was i was actually thought i told my wife that uh in 2010 was the first year i won and i told my wife that year that uh if i didn't get a top three i was that was going to be it for me just because uh the sponsors were hard to come by and right it was, financially it was just hurting the family too much to uh put all my life savings into into the race so yeah um but winning kind of gave us that uh, little bit of, you know, obviously sponsors are a lot easier when you're doing good. So Right, yeah, um, right. But you have mm-hmm. to perform, and, and you got to put, put it, you know, I mean, essentially you got to put everything into it because if you don't, yeah. you're, you're not going to perform. So, yeah. So so coming up in 2021, Chris, this will be your 20th or 21st um, Iron Dog race? Yeah, I'd have to do some math there. Yeah, 2000, but somewhere somewhere said, around yeah. there. I did, but they, they the race was canceled in 2003, and I didn't do it in 2005. So, but I've done it every year besides that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah damn near. So, 17, 18 years 20, you've 20, raced. About 20 years, I think. Wow. And, and Mike, you said 2010 was your first? 20, 2009 was my first. 2009. One. So, this is my, this will be my 13th this year. Okay. 
wow. done 12 total now and uh, 10 with Chris. Chris and I have gotten, what, eight top fives together. Yeah. And we that. have gotten uh, six top, six of those were top threes. <sighs> so That's crazy. Yeah, we were talking about that. I was like, man, I, I, you had told me what, I want to say the last five. The last guys... four were top threes. We got first, first, 18 and 19, and then we got second. Back to back first, 2018, 2019. Yep. Yep. And wow. then second place in 2020, last yeah. year. Yep. Correct? And then 2021, this past this, race, this we year. got third. Yep. Oh, okay. Third. Okay. Right? Yeah. Man, that's amazing. I mean, just finishing the damn thing. Is yeah. a win in itself, it, right? It is. I mean, it just uh, like we hold ourselves at pretty high expectations. So <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it's either win or but bust. But we, I, we, yeah, we we teach the rookie workshop and uh, you know l give everybody their own. You know, everybody has kind of their own expectations, but just tell everybody that you know. I mean, realistically, finishing is a win. I mean, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's a big part of it. I mean, lots of years, uh, there's less than half the field even finishes. So. Yeah, um, I mean it's a big part. I mean, just just crossing the finish lines is an accomplishment. So many I mean, variables anybody. just to get through it, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're in Alaska. The weather's crazy. The and the weather and Mother Nature dictates everything. So right, right. Yeah, Not to mention the sleds and I was going to say the yeah, equipment just gets the shit beat out of it. Yeah, I yeah, mean it's like the hardest it damn does. stress on a snowmobile. I would think yeah. you could possibly do. And we've developed a really good relationship with Polaris over the years. So we're kind of on their R and D side of things where we're uh, testing and helping beautiful. them develop equipment and okay. and improve every every year. We just got done with a conference call with them last week regarding basically everything from last season to what we need coming going yeah. into this season, what they need from us and what we need from them and it's just been a good partnership. Does okay. um does Polaris create a separate like racing machine versus like a mountain machine um or they not, just adapted a so little bit? so a little bit yes correct they're they're kind of their own machines like a mountain sled compared to a trail sled they use a lot of the same components but it is i mean it's a longer sled so they share some of the components or you they know, share kind of the same backbone like yep. the bulkhead and the chat like the way things are laid out and then you know obviously a mountain sled's longer like chris said and they kind of you know, they build them accordingly to what they're purpose built for. Yeah. And this is the first year Polaris has built a, a an actual race across country. They had what was called an XCR, which was really, uh, I guess, close to being a, a pure racer. It had all the good parts on it. It was a consumer uh, sled. But it was a consumer okay. sled. This year, mm. this year, it's an actual, like, a race. I mean, it's it's made for racing. So can this, the average Joe buy that machine? So no, you have you to can't. apply for it. Okay. You know, you this have to one you it. can only get through the race program, yeah. and yeah. Mm. and by doing that, they only built 150 of them. So and so by by doing that, they can make more aggressive changes. They can, Got it. you know, they're only building a few of them, so they can be more aggressive with the build on it and and cater it more towards racing. And snowcross has been that way for quite a few years. So, yeah. Uh, like the snowcross racing, you have to. It's the same thing. A, a a person can't walk in and buy a snowcross sled unless you have yeah. to apply for it and get the it snow, through a race program. The snowcross sled is that black one in that picture there. The okay, uh, this one right here. Yeah, and snowcross racing is like the closed course stuff that the guys down south do. Yeah. they've got the national circuit, mm -hmm. the big jumps and the yeah. Okay. And then that sled on the right is the one we'll be racing this season. And, and the reality is, is the average consumer, if they bought a snowcross sled and, and took it trail riding, they would 
I mean, I wouldn't. I don't even like riding. They wouldn't like I mean, it. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't even like it. So okay. for, for pleasure wise, it's yeah, it's, it's just not pure a, racing. It's real it's, stiff. Yeah. It's yeah. okay. It's not comfortable. To it needs sit to on. do eighty on bumps. Yeah, pretty much I mean, or faster. Yeah, it's just it's not set up for <laughs> an average person riding it down the trail. So like yeah. that snowcross sled is just not. And even our sled is probably too stiff for the average Joe. Yeah, mm. I mean, you yeah. got to ride it fast for it to work. I mean, you know, yeah, you smashing hit, bumps. Just you got to hit stuff hard for the su- suspension to work. What, right. what would you say is the average speed during the race? Um, it's, Our average speed includes fueling and oiling, so yeah. it's it's probably in the sixties. It's, it's like yeah, it's like I can't remember what it was. And in two thousand, and they they did all the the math and computed the. The speed per mile because the course has changed over the years and mm-hmm. actually mm. it was 2019 mike and i hold the record for the the yeah. fastest average speed of the race yeah uh, it was a it was a pretty it it was weird because the weather it was actually it was a lot of snow that year and it didn't seem like it was that fast but it was just consistent there wasn't any we didn't have one problem with the machines yeah we didn't mm-hmm. have we didn't have a problem with the machine we didn't so we didn't have any like on the clock work other than a couple little maintenance things i mean we ran 2000 miles and we spent you know less than 5 minutes in gnome doing some preventative maintenance to them yeah. yeah wow but we also built you know that's the intent is to build them to the hill before the race so that you don't have to work on them basically and and test the shit out of them too right before yeah. you race yeah so so chris and i get two separate sleds for testing and for training oh. oh okay and so we we test we won't race with something we haven't tested so mm. every so we'll set the we'll set the practice sleds test sleds up identical to what we're racing on yeah, gotcha. And then we'll just we'll we'll try and put as many miles as we can on them so that we know that they're going to hold up for that for the yeah. race. We yeah. usually put about three thousand miles on, and there's no better way to condition your body than riding the sled. You know, I right? Mean, you can go to Real the gym. Deal? You can go to the gym all year, and then you go on your first ride on the snow machine, and your whole body's sore. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Imagine it just breaks it down. I mean, and, and muscles and... It's more like your back and your core. I mean, every, your legs, I guess. Everything, yeah. really. Yeah. yeah, ligaments and things that... The things that get the sorest on me is like my, like between my shoulders. Yeah, that, that muscles between mm. the shoulder blades will just, yeah. just from pulling back on the sled. You just... Mm-hmm. I mean, I can be at the gym all summer. I can ride my dirt bike. I can I can be doing rows and, and I'll go on that first ride and my back is she's just, playing with yeah me over here. i can almost <laughs> equivalent it to like you can uh do all the gym stuff you want but it's nothing like you know putting on a backpack on and actually going on a sheep hunt it's a whole different yeah, story correct you know you can do as many uh you know yep flat top goes as you want with your wife or whatever but it's a whole different thing when you're actually in the moment with all the gear on and yeah. all the stuff yeah there's no better conditioning than riding the sleds yeah yeah there's nothing that compares to it so is there a is there a perfect condition to ride like the race? As far as wet weather, as, wet, or? as far as weather, as far as the amount of snow. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely. I mean, that that's that's a huge, that's a huge part of this whole race. I mean, you can't yeah. you can't control it. That's so that's okay. a big. You can't control Mother Nature. Yeah. So there could. I mean, obviously, um, ideally that you want some you want snow but you don't Easy. want too much snow you don't want you know you don't want two foot of fresh snow because then you're breaking trail hey you don't want um no snow because then it's what? it's hard on the machines and on the on the on the person got it got it so you know you got to kind of you know so there's kind of an ideal of having some snow on the whole the course it's easier on the machines um 
you know, to me, riding, like, you know, also temperature-wise, the sled's kind of like a little bit cooler, um, you know, oh, okay. cooler weather as opposed to warmer. I like... Like, like the like, ideal temp is in the teens, probably. Yeah, I, I actually mm. like between, say, 10 below to 10 above is actually, I think, a, a really good where you don't overheat, but you don't, you, you know, you, there's also, you don't, when it's warmer than that, when it's much warmer, when you, once you start getting into the teens, the snow starts melting around you or on you and then you can get damp you know gotcha it just causes other other issues so So perfect temperature for yourself and as well as the machine Mm. yeah i mean you know once it starts getting down to 10 below and colder it starts becoming miserable you know yeah Yeah. so that's the big that's the big challenge in the in the iron dog is trying to set the machine up for well you talked about weather patterns so dressing for all these different weather patterns you know we try to wear one set of gear obviously and then we're layering beneath based upon what the temperature's doing how we're running like it, for instance if we're in the trees we're working hard you're going through the bumps you don't need many layers if any yeah no wind is really affecting things either right no not yeah. really whereas if you're on like the river or the coast and there's a lot of high speed running you might want to layer up more mm. especially on the yukon that's in the interior and it's typically you know 20 below is warm for that and so, wide open and usually, wide open right? yeah so yeah. you're not so working very hard and then the big challenge setting the sleds up is we're going through every type of different terrain from tree running big bumps coastal running high speed small stutter bumps you know yeah, yeah. well that, that leads me into the in the into the gear that you guys wear um mm-hmm. obviously climb is probably one of the best known uh riding you know, yep. gears that you can wear. Is that one of you guys' sponsors? Is that just something that people know that this is the best? Um, both. I mean, I, I, I mean, it's obviously our sponsor. I mean, they're one of our big sponsors. And um, but even when I wasn't sponsored by them, that's what I wore. Yeah. Um, you know, just because yeah. it was. Uh, you can't beat climb. That yeah. stuff is really good. Yeah. Yeah. I and see. I, mean, I see all the all the guys riding it, and I wonder why it hasn't made a transition to uh, like the hunting community or mm. or the fishing community. They've, ta- they've talked about coming coming out with some stuff the thing about the hunting community is it presents a whole lot of a whole lot more challenges because there are a lot of companies that are making gear and that have that use gore-tex yeah. which is what climb uses mm-hmm. and i think it has it has to do with gore-tex you know and yeah the, and the, you know you basically they don't want everybody stepping on everybody's toes I so think. yeah so basically what i kind of heard was that sitka mm-hmm. um gore-tex owns sitka And Gore-Tex has a really good relationship with Climb as far as the motorsports industry. So why would they compete against their self? Like, I I, I don't know. Oh, gotcha. That's a non-compete thing. That's kind of presented some challenges, I think. Because they have talked about coming out with some hunting gear. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, there's... Oh, sorry. Um, there's been times where, you know, I mean, we, we left Big Lake one, one wow. year. We left Big Lake at 50 degrees, and we came, we came into McGrath the same day, and it was like 30 below. So oh, wow. I mean that's a big that's a big yeah. change in huge one, swing. I mean, yeah. a huge Shit, swing. Dude. So and your the gear, gear, your gear has to. I mean you got to have a, a wide range of and it's got to it's got to work good in the warm and it's got to work good in the cold. Yeah, Chris and yeah. I use the we've used the it's called the Valdez Parka and it's got the Gore-Tex Pro shell and it it's the most breathable Gore-Tex uh, textile or you know version of their Gore-Tex mm-hmm. and it, it works really good. It's super versatile and you layer accordingly beneath it. Is yeah. there a store in town where you can go find a lot of that climb gear? Or is it mostly online? Oh yeah, it's there's you, a lot. There's of quite a, quite a few dealers here in town. Mm-hmm. All, most of the uh, 
Snow Machine Shops, Curry It, the yeah. okay. uh, Hatcher, Eagle River CC, Polaris. all those yep. guys. Yeah. Yep. Eagle River Polaris has a lot. Yep. Alaska mm-hmm. Mining Alaska and Diving. Leather. Alaska, Alaska Leather. Also. Yeah. Alaska Leather. Oh, yeah, Anchor yeah. Anchorage Yamaha. Yeah, yeah Anchorage Yamaha. There's, there's a lot of dealers. So. Yeah, their gear is hard to beat, though. You guys ever get a, a gear manufacturer to, like, hey, guys, try this out and try to do the switch or anything? Or is it, like, tried and true, climb is the one? Yeah. Well, and I think it just Chris like, used to get hounded a little bit, but I they did. pretty much knew that he was HMK wasn't or climb. somebody like I that? Got, when, I think when... I mean, you don't even want to talk about other gear, but uh, oh, if, but yeah, yeah if, it's a, if that's a problem, I don't want to. No, no. I was just curious I, I if was, you guys like messed around and tried anything like new that was like, hey, I mean, the thing, obviously, the, I think the thing that sets like climb apart from like Gore, uh, like North Face and all these companies that are making ski gears, it's got to be durable to handle a snowmobile environment. Yeah. Yes, we're yes. going through trees, we're thrashing through brush. Yeah, so the durability of climb is superior to. Go- to North Face hey, and, hey, you know, Patagonia and all this other yeah, stuff. I, yeah. I, I had some of that, uh, you know, mountaineering gear when we first started out. And, uh, you know, it did work pretty good, but it, it, it fell apart. I mean, it, you know. It's you, too thin, butt, right? It's too thin. The, yeah. butt, the butts were out. My, my, I had to, right before the race, I had to have my, my coat patched. I had to have my, actually, I had to have them completely put Cordura on, from mm-hmm. the knees down because they would just shred. Yeah. I mean, just absolute shred. And our, and not to mention the like the running boards on our sleds. I mean, we've They're got chafes, chafes the material and yeah. Yeah. tears it all up. Right? Where's yeah. Where's yeah. climb base out of? Out of Idaho. Out oh. of Idaho. Oh. Oh. Rigby, Idaho. Yep, Rigby, Idaho. Got it. Got yeah, it. It's, it's good stuff. It's, we went um, down there one year. Me and Chris check out and, their facility and stuff. Yeah. We went and rode with them a little bit and went to Jackson Hole and watched the hill climb race. They got the biggest hill climb race in the world at Jackson Hole, and we went and checked that out. That was pretty cool. That was. Wow. Nice. It's the best of the best out there oh, on yeah. that race. Oh, yeah. yeah. You guys mess around with much of the hill cross or hill climbs or any of the other kind of racing? So I, yeah, back in the day, I used We've, to do I used to do it all. I used to do hill climbs and hill cross. So and, you go out to Valdez and Arctic yep. Man and do the whole thing? Yep, yep, yep. yep did yep. it all. I kind of, like, I was, it, it just kind of got burnt out on doing everything, yeah. including Iron Dog. And like I said, once I once I had kids, it made it tougher for me, you know, tougher to be gone all mm-hmm. the time. And so kind of started, decided to just concentrate on Iron Dog, really. And, and yeah. you know, dabbled a little bit, you know, off and on throughout the years but yeah. we, we have talked about getting some new mountain sleds and just going and having fun and just putting the racing stuff yeah. aside <laughs> yeah. a little right. bit more and go just ride <laughs> see, yeah you fun. see these yeah. guys that just chase the the the, chase the, the, the weather and the snow and, and you're, go, you're a little jealous but but i mean we, we we get out every weekend and and so it i mean there's there's pretty there's there's I we get into some pretty epic places, we and we get to see some pretty cool oh, I stuff. Bet, man, yeah, wildlife and, you and get, everything. You know, you get those days, and and uh, where the weather's the weather's Down. good, and you get, uh, uh, you know, you're just out in the middle, and you know whether it's an awesome sunrise or sunset that you just see, it's just it's unbelievable. Sometimes, I mean, yeah. it's just and uh, to. To add to that, pure misery and yeah, oh yeah, there's, there's that too. There's, yeah, you can't like, forget about what that. What are we doing out here again? Sometimes, yeah. sometimes there are days like that. Yeah. Like, why do we do this? Yeah, right. Yeah, it's what do we get into this for? But yeah. it's it. You know, we, we we go out every week, and and really at the end of the day, it's that's pretty rare. I mean, that's a pretty rare occurrence. I mean, there's there's very few times that you kind of say like, why 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 are we doing this? You yeah, know? but yeah. Uh, yeah, you kind of at the end of the day, you're kind of feel kind of accomplished going out for a long ride. And, Mm -hmm. doing what you're doing so so when you guys are um like leading up to the race and and obviously you're training 
Is it is it kind of like you want to start off with you're going to do 50 miles and then you're going to do 70 miles? Mm-hmm. and Work up to it. That's exactly. Actually, okay. that's kind of been our, our – we, we, we used to do things a lot different. We used to do a lot of little rides. That used to kind of be our – you know, kind of when I first started riding, it was, you know, you'd go out and you'd ride to the river and back a couple times. And, you know, I mean, really, it's only, you know, probably like 60 miles all, all together. And we'd mm-hmm. go do that a bunch. And mm-hmm. and that was kind of our, uh, uh, and then over over the years, we've kind of changed the way that we started training. And, and really, it, it kind of starts from the beginning of the year where we do kind of a small ride. Maybe we'll go out to the river for the first ride if there's if the river's not frozen, and then our second ride we'll go to Squintna, and you know now we're up into the hundred mile, you know, hundred twenty mile range, and then now we're going to Finger Lake and we're doing a hundred and fifty, and that mm. just that progresses every. That's our kind of our goal every yeah, week yeah. is to try and go a little bit further than we did the week before, and it kind of does. And we two kind things. of break trail as well. Yeah. We're breaking oh, constantly that. trying to break trail. Basically, the big push is to get into Puntilla Lake, Rainy Pass Lodge. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. And okay. So we once we break trail into there, it's basically fair game. After that, you're going up through the valley, and you can kind of go as far as you want. Yeah. The snow mm. isn't the snow isn't deep once you get once you get just a little bit past. Uh, um, I guess it would be rainy pass. I mean, once you get past that, the, the snow the valley kind of opens up and go go up over the pass. Now you're going past farewell, and now it's just yeah. like once you get to yeah. once, once you get like down valley. to the South Fork, there's there's usually not very much snow over there. So. Basically, okay. to get to that point, we're fighting trees that have fallen over the summer and, oh, yeah. and, and all yeah. kinds of stuff. So okay, yeah. so we're usually like cutting trees down, and, and it's real tight running from basically Shell Lake to Pun Rainy Pass Lodge, which is a mm-hmm. fifty mile section. Yeah. When you're running, carrying a chainsaw and stuff like hands, that? Hand saws. Oh, okay. Actually, we, okay. we have taken chainsaws up before yeah. in the past, okay. but, you know, it just depends on the year. But, uh, but, but, yeah, so our goal is to try and get a little bit further every weekend, and it's usually a workout because, like you said, we're getting stuck, and we're getting, once we Snows get snows every week. I mean, yeah. 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 So yeah. when you're training, when you're training, are you training on the actual race trail? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And now, do you see other guys that are training as well? Oh yeah, there's yeah. there's definitely guys that are that are training. You know, some guys do have kind of do with the same thing that we do. Some, there's a couple teams that'll do kind of the same thing we're doing. Yep. Okay. Uh, you know, some people. Some years we see a lot of teams out there, and some years we don't see too many. And yeah. Mm. Yeah. We can usually we can usually tell who's going to be who's going <coughs> to do well based on how much we see them. Gotcha. Yeah. gotcha. <laughs> okay. Who's the competition yeah. out yeah. here? Yeah. <laughs> Because if we're out there and we're seeing them constantly, we're like, these guys are putting in some miles and some time, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, are you yeah. guys friendly with most of the other competitors? Oh, yeah. Is it kind of like Actually, a brotherhood? It's, it's, it's a really good group. I mean, all, yeah. the, all the guys that are racing. We try um, to help all the players' teams because we want the players' teams to do good. Yeah. 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 But, I mean, as far as even the even the competition, the um, – the other brands, we're we're good friends with yeah. with everybody, and and I think everybody really kind of gets along. It, you know, when I first started doing this race, it was definitely that it was a lot different. I mean, there was you know guys that would you know you heard stories of people sabotaging other people. And uh, it was mm. pretty that was pretty, but the group that's kind of the, the there's the the main core group that's kind of racing now. 
you know, I mean, We're I, all that's, pretty not, fair. that's yeah. not something that, you know, I, I'm not concerned with somebody sabotaging our sleds. Well, I mean, we, get to, we get to our layover points in the race and we're all kind of bullshitting about, you know, our days and how things went. And yeah. Like, well, what, yeah. It's, you know, it's what a happened to you guys a, and what happened to you guys? Yeah. So we're all friends. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like it's more of like a community and looking out for each other yeah. out sure. there versus uh, yeah. every man for himself, you know, yeah. go, go screw yourself. Well, and that's, good luck. And that's yeah. something else in the race. You'll learn that real quick that, you know, you know, it's going it, to come back and bite you in the oh, ass. It, it will to, for sure. It, you know, you help someone out, and they're going to help you, and vice versa. Uh, you yeah. know, you you you, you know, I kind of explain like in the rookie workshop. You know, if you're, if you're just stuck, and, and you know, you can't really expect someone to stop and help you out. But you know, if if someone does help you, you know, you're definitely going to um, repay the favor. Yeah, you're going to repay the favor, and, and you know, there's been some, there's been some, you know, little bit of. Uh, you know, when guys don't do it, it becomes a big deal. But uh, like I said, for the most part, everybody's helping everybody out. Yeah. And because at the, at the end of the day, like I said, we're trying to get to the end. And, and like I said, even even competitors like on different brands and stuff like that, we're all kind of helping each other out. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I think a lot of people have learned that. I mean, it's like I said, you if you're not, you know, eventually it's going to come back and bite you, and karma is going to going to get you and just like anything yeah they'll yeah. go, they'll go yeah. by and flip you off if you, mean, don't, you know you drive by the guy on the side of the road that needs help and eventually you're going to be that guy on yep. the side yeah. of the road yeah exactly yeah. it's the same thing and i mean out there there's there's nothing out there there's there's not going to be another you know potentially might not be anybody else coming behind you so yeah. you got to got to help people out so absolutely and like i said there's 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 also a certain aspect to it you can't expect everybody to come and just you know set up camp and and help you out do something that you know if you made a dumb mistake but at least check on the guys and like yeah. i said you're you're gonna end up pulling a ski or doing something to somebody at some some point in time yeah there's like an etiquette almost yeah, to it right sure. like some unwritten etiquette or rules to just looking out for your brethren on the oh, trail mm-hmm. for sure i mean it's, it's yeah. a safety thing for starters you want to make there sure that is. everybody's yeah. you want to mm-hmm. make sure everybody's i mean that they're at least safe and good to go even, yeah. even yeah. If, if minimum i mean at minimum right. you're making sure if they're stopped you're and, not going to leave someone for dead oh out there. Yeah. man i mean yeah. there's wolves and <laughs> there's, i mean there's like it, cons, kinds of crazy stuff out there man it I mean, could be yeah. 60 below out you yeah. know yeah well, would, would you say are all the racers from alaska or is there people that come from out of state there's some people from out of state yeah there's quite quite actually quite a few people from out of state i believe this year i'm not really sure it's global even i mean is there some guys that come from russia and some of the other nordic or northern some of the russian boys come in nordic some nordic it's got a lot of interest i think (laughs) i think the thing's just logistically you know obviously getting there and and some canadians we've had quite a few oh yeah that makes sense well there was a there was a team so Corey davis from soldatna he won with a guy from minnesota in 2017 he was actually from canada so usually if a if a good you know there's a cross-country circuit down down south okay and if one of their you know top or good riders pairs up with somebody from here that's Mm. pretty good they'll they'll usually do pretty good but he was the yeah. only. He's the only, just, I believe he's the only out of stater that's won though. Yeah. Oh, okay. he's, so it's yeah. only happened one time. Interesting. Okay, got it. Yeah. So, so when you're running the race, I mean, it um, helps to have connections. Being local, having the oh, connections definitely. and the 
Yeah. Well, we were talking to uh, Eddie Burke, and, and we, we brought up uh, someone who's leading their way up to getting to the Iditarod. Yeah, and they have these guys mm-hmm. that come from Norway and Sweden and yeah. Canada, and the logistics just seem insane, yeah. you know, to bring your whole team and your dogs and the food and yeah. and all the stuff. So that's what got me curious is, like, do people do that with the yeah. Iron Dog? And there, there is yep. there's definitely some people that the last couple of years, you know, a team from Canada has come the last two years. Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. From Maine, over in Maine. Yeah, there were some Damn, guys that's from a long Maine. Way. Yeah. Yeah. Have you guys ever gone and raced somewhere else? A uh, similar type of I race? I raced in Minnesota a little bit on their circuit. Okay. Not much, but yeah, a little bit. I'd like to do, there's a 500 mile race that takes place down there. It's it's a week before the Iron Dog, so yeah, it's, it's kind of bad downfall. timing. It's, it's, oh, mm, that's I've a even, tough one. I, I even kind of wanted to do it a couple times, but it's just, it's too too close to the race. And then, yeah. Yeah. you know, to do well, you have to really, you got to kind of hang it out a little bit down there. And, and yeah. you know, the chances of getting hurt, or, you know, you start going up when you're doing that. Got it. Yeah. Would you say, um, like, the Iditarod guys, Iditarod is, like, the top, you know what I'm saying? Is the Iron Dog, would you say, worldwide is the number one? top race i i mean it's i think it's it definitely ranks up there as like the t- you know the toughest race i mean there's there's just so many factors it's the that most go challenging into it. probably it's, yeah it's mm, definitely okay. the most challenging i mean you gotta you gotta put everything together you gotta you know you gotta have I mean, the machine you gotta yeah. have the navigation you gotta have the support you gotta have the physical endurance i mean it's 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 a, it's, it's a lot it's one yeah. thing to do the race and to finish it's another it's a whole nother ball game to do the race to win, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's tough. Now, um, we were talking before we started recording on how the race has changed, uh, over the years, the routes, um, the mileage that people have gone Yeah. now kind of walk us through the, the changes evolution. that you've seen and, and why they've made those changes. Yeah. So before, even before I raced, it was, uh, it originally started, it was actually from, like big lake or actually anchorage i, I can't remember to uh gnome so it was basically just following, following it the, the northern route of the iditarod trail mm-hmm. and our race is two weeks after the iditarod or before the iditarod yeah. so mm-hmm. we kind of more or less break trail for the dog oh, yeah. race yeah. okay yeah. Gotcha. and so and then it kind of went from that and then they decided they wanted to, to make it bigger and so they went to gnome and then they went from gnome to fairbanks and that's kind of like at the time when i got into the race yeah uh, Oh, I actually let me I back let me back up. They actually went from Nome and then back to Big Lake or back to the I mean, all the way there and back. Yep, correct. Okay, mm. to Nome and back. Yep, they went to Nome and back, and they did that a one couple time in 05. Was it one? I think one. Well, year. they did it in 05, but they also did it earlier. They did that back in. Um, they did it back in the nineties. Okay, I don't remember what years, but from Big Lake to Nome and back to Big Lake. Yep. Yep, they did that, and then, Man, then they decided that they wanted hardcore. to get more communities involved, so they went from oh. Nome to Fer- to oh. Fairbanks. Okay, and that kind of st- stayed for quite a few years. Like yeah. I said, there was there was exception in two thousand and five. They did, they went to, to for whatever reason they went to Nome and then back, and um, um, and then two years ago. There's been a lot of talk in the last five years. Well, like, you know, every, all the spectators and everybody's kind of like, well, the race is kind of decided once you hit the Yukon, you know, it's all river running. Which so is not true. So they decided to kind of bring it back to Big Lake for another 500 miles of bumps. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, which can really oh, shake to, things up. Yeah, to create more variables and... and Change so, the outcomes, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so for three... So not... Um, so three years ago, they actually started in Fairbanks and finished in Big Lake. Yeah, and oh. and so they, they they made it backwards basically. Um, 
it wasn't, I think it didn't turn out very well. Um, and so they tried to do something different again. And so then they decided to go from, um, what did they do? They, a couple of years ago? Yeah, I can't remember. Well, they added the Kotzebue yeah, loop. They added they, the co- they mm. added, added, adding the Kotzebue loop. And, and then, then coming so back to like like, then last year they decided to 2020 we went from fair we started in okay. fairbanks for the first time and then they also had added the kotzebue loop added the kotzebue loop and finished at big lake which was so you went like to Nome. we kind of down we kind of did the course backwards with the addition of the kotzebue uh, loop uh, oh okay, okay okay and what's the yeah. plan this year this year so is the same as last year which big was, lake yep. to Nome. Back to Big Lake, in addition to doing the Kotzebue loop yeah. on the way back to Big Lake. So, okay. Yeah, okay. So we actually went from basically a Big Lake to Nome, and then Nome so, to Kotzebue. So doing the Kotzebue loop adds Buckland, Selawick, Kiana, Norvik, Kotzebue. So it adds five villages into it, and and everybody up there in that region is just diehard snowmobilers. When it oh, comes they probably out. love oh, when yeah. you guys come through. Oh, it's yeah. awesome. And yeah, they rooting they you on. There's yeah, an annual. Awesome. There's an annual awesome race up there. Up there. And I've been super successful up there, and they're diehard Team 10 fans up there. So uh, speaking of Team 10, <laughs> I want to ask about Team 10. Like, what, what is – like, did you guys choose that? Was that, like, bestowed upon you? Where, where does Team 10 come from? That was kind of Chris's – Yeah, I kind of st- – I was Team 10 back in the – I don't remember what year. I kind of – it's not even – it's not even, like, my favorite number or anything. I don't remember <laughs> what happened, but – we, it's uh, catchy, man. Yeah, it's we it's so a good number. Yeah, so uh, I think it was like the, about the last year that Matt and I raced back in like oh, oh, either oh eight or oh nine, and I think we were team ten. And then I I, I kind of just carried it into two thousand ten and eleven, and, and we've just kind of stuck with it. It's an easy number to. Yeah. You know, Does anyone uh, else ever try to be team ten? And you're like, hold on, guys. Yeah, just, just <laughs> everybody hold on. Everybody, everybody hold on. Hold on. Yeah, we got the leg wrestle here, boys. Taken, boys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the advantage is, is they do they do give a, a you know returning returning racers get uh, preference over numbers. Oh, sweet. So, yeah. So we as long as we're we're racing and we want to do it, they would they would yeah. give it to us. But uh, yeah, it's just kind of just the number that's kind of stuck. It's just easy to. Like I said, it's an easy number to remember. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah. So, so I was reading that there before the pro class is the expedition. Yep, expedition yep. race is that like more rookie people or people that are learning? Yeah. It's just more of a trail ride. It's not an actual race. It's so. kind of doing it for fun. Yeah. Okay. And it's totally different from like the race class because you don't, you know, in the race you have to make you have to make your stops. You have to get to a certain point on this day, and there's a cutoff time. As far as oh really yeah so if you like what don't make it to Nome I think it's or, like Nome within twenty four hours or something I'm not yeah, sure I don't, there's I don't cutoff know times and and so yeah I mean the recreational class is more or less you know bring a flask have some fun just gotcha <laughs> gotcha do some ptarmigan maybe ten years from now you'll be know, you'll be doing the expedition <laughs> class yeah yeah. 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 And so kind of going back to like the evolution of the race, like we were talking about kind of the course changes, but like the, the kind of the evolution of the race is that the machines have changed over time. You know, back then it was kind of more of a survival race where they were, recri- mm. they, there was no air, yeah, there was air no, support allowed. And you couldn't even, oh, have, wow. actually when they, when originally you couldn't even get 
uh, parts from anybody. So you, basically, if you needed anything, you had to carry it. Yeah. So wow. it, so nowadays, it's more, you know, the machines are more reliable. Uh, we're allowed to have air support. It's more or less a sprint race from checkpoint to checkpoint, really. I mean, it's really fast-paced now. And, but and you still have to be a little careful because, I mean, yeah. you know, if you're if you're getting parts, that means you're going slow. Yeah, I mean, that yeah. You're if you're breaking, down, if so you're breaking oh. stuff and taking stuff out of, that's the whole thing about the iron dog is anytime you work on the machine you're losing time it's against your time okay so even if you so if you get to your layover point and you have like a broken a-arm that you have to replace Mm -hmm. you have to do that on the clock it goes against your time is there someone there that's like yeah the machine's going to impound right when we get to the layover points and nobody could touch them you can't even you can't even grab a pair of goggles off of them. Like if you forget your spare pair of goggles yeah, or GPS oh, really? or yeah, you can't whatever. Touch them. Yeah. Oh, so, touch so them. the repair is done by someone else. Like you don't have to no, be the one. No, that we re- we repair them. Okay. But, but so we we either do it. We when we get to a checkpoint, we're still on the clock, and we're and then we tell them that we're off the clock, or we get off. When we, we declare go back, when we're off the clock, yeah. and we say, you know, we're free. We're done. Yeah, we're done. Okay, gotcha. and, then, and then our time gets cut off. And then, like, if we save, we forget something, and we still need to do some work on the sleds, or we need, we round up the parts that we needed. Then, when we go on the clock, we go back on the clock at a certain time, however many hours we laid over. And now, now we're on the clock, yeah. and we're, we're working repairing on the machine instead of moving on forward. Our time. Yeah, got it. Okay. Got it. So that's the whole element of the iron, and that's why we build the sleds to the hill from the get go. All so that, that time we don't, in it front, up front, so we don't have to work. Yeah, on you're it. not doing DNR during the race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I want to get into the logistics. That bolt back then. Uh. Yeah, so we're you know Chris and I spend you know we spend extra attention to detail on every nut and bolt on the machines just to make sure that everything is spot on as far as and we know what breaks i mean we've done the race enough we know exactly what part's going to break at this time you know we know what to look for yeah yeah um i want to go into the logistics a little bit so is are you guys the ones that are deciding the logistics and like how much gas you're going to need here or is there like a team of people that are doing it it's just no just you two we are we're we're basically i'm i'm kind of a number cruncher i'm always crunching numbers like okay the snow conditions are like this we're burning this much fuel oh we're gonna you're the you're the geek of the crew yeah all right on you go full geek on it (laughs) i kind of i kind of lead chris and i and he's he's you know um, fortunately he's trusted me to lead us and you know i'm seems like it's working pretty well mike it's working good we've got yeah. radios so we're, we're always communicating i'm like hey you know we need you know we're gonna need oil here we're gonna need you know this much fuel what do you think yeah. and uh and we've got my dad flying in the plane he's a really good pilot and we're oh sweet we have communication with him as well when he he basically just kind of passes over us and he'll do a couple loops and then we'll send him on to the next stop Okay. So he doesn't really follow us a whole lot, but was he running uh, skis or something? So yeah. he can actually land or yep. whatever. He's, he's running hydraulic skis on a 180. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Wow. He's a That's commercial cool. pilot, and he's his 180 is pretty dialed in. He's got full. He's got uh, it's full IFR rated plane. He could you know land when he can't see and whatnot. And he's just he's got the experience. Yeah. Oh, do most yeah. of the top ten teams have a guy that's flying with them? Yeah. And kind of communicating all that. I would say yeah. most of the teams have a pilot following okay. them. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Oh, and a plane full of parts and. There she is. Yeah. <laughs> she's yeah. quite the character. <laughs> yeah, she is. She's, she's a good dog. She's. <laughs> 
Um, I, you know, I had a question about, obviously we're going to get into the gear and stuff. Um, but I was, I was just thinking, and I, and as I was looking at the website, uh, like hydration and like, do you guys carry like a, some sort of something on your body to like have water all the time? Or Chris, is that like a Chris backpack? Ty- Chris typically I carries a bladder. Yeah. Okay. I carry like a, you know, like a camel back type. Is mind if I grab another cold? Oh no! Oh, help please yourself. Help, help yourself, yourself, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I. Uh, I mean, so we. I carry something on the first day um, because it's you're going. Be, there's there's some long sections going from Squintna to Puntilla is a, a pretty long ride. It's it's 50 miles of just windy going super slow. And 60. Yeah, no, you're going much slower. You're going much slower than that. But it's uh, it just takes a long time. So you know, we we try and drink at every checkpoint. So when we get to a checkpoint, okay. we're also trying to drink what they have. Um, you know, typically there's water or some some drinks at Gatorade uh, or something like that. Yeah, 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 at the checkpoint. So we we try and make it a um a habit of making sure we're just getting something at every hydrate, checkpoint. Hydrate, yep, hydrate, hydrate. Yep, exactly. Yeah. I've had some. I've had some years where. I didn't do it and, you know, kind of paid the consequences getting all cramped Cramping up, up and, and yep. stuff. Oh, it's uh, got to so be miserable, just, dude. Yeah. yeah. So I don't, what about, what I about don't. the food situation? Same thing. I mean, we try and um, sometimes as, as the day goes on, we'll try and um, try and have a little snack at the, at the checkpoints, you know, if there's okay. something available. It might not be much, but try and have a little, you know, bite of a power bar or something to that effect. Yeah, you probably aren't trying to get going. full, like, no. a full meal. I mean, you're not wanting to... No. You know, no. some fried cup, chicken cup in you you, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, this day and age, the race is so close, you don't have time to do anything. Yeah. 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 I mean, we get to know them, and we got to know them less this past year, and we were third place by about three or four minutes yeah I mean, oh, wow. the mm-hmm. top three teams were bunched up within five minutes you know i think yeah. you told me that the guys that won didn't even know that they won no right yeah. they were just thinking that they were in second or third yeah, like second. oh man we're gonna finish and well yeah. they rolled in so and like, wait we won so, so the team that was in the lead had a 40 minute lead in squetna which is the checkpoint before the finish 70 miles before the finish and they got they had some mechanical issues and got stuck in some deep snow out on the big swamp out of Big Lake. And the w- the team that won, Brad and Robbie, mm-hmm. went around on the main trail and they didn't even see him. Yeah, so oh, they didn't wow. even know. So oh, they didn't wow. know that they passed. Yeah, him. Yeah. yeah, they were just cruising and yeah. then finished and yep. hoped for the best. Yeah, they were like, "Oh, it's <laughs> a big celebration." They're like, course, "Oh, you guys we, won." <laughs> unfortunately, uh, yeah, unfortunately, we were third, so we didn't get to see it. But everyone says that their the reactions were classic because it was kind of like they got there and they're like, "You won," and they thought they, everybody was joking around. Oh, yeah. really? Like, yeah. And then I think I think they realized that. <laughs> yeah. Wait, where is the other team? And yeah. Yeah. I guess we are the first like, ones. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. They said it was pretty classic. Their reactions. Yeah, were yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. So I have to ask, and Daniel, I think you were going to ask something, bro. So I apologize. No, go ahead. I got it, it here. Was, I got it written down, actually, okay, so cool. I don't forget. Yeah, you're good at remembering coming full circle, so I'm just like, rabbit hole. <laughs> um, uh, well, what was I going to say? Oh, crap. Oh, yeah. What did the, So them guys thought they were going to take, like, a shortcut or, like, a... a just yeah. a, a quick we corner call, cut we, and we, bit him in the ass? We all call it the cabin trail shortcut. And from the start of the race to the finish throughout that week, it had snowed a couple feet or a foot at least. It was deep. And so they got out there with um, a motor that wasn't running too well, towing the other sled, and they got oh, no. they got stuck in the snow and just yeah. 
They panicked. Don't they they should have stayed on the trail, the main trail. Oh, wow. They just kind of, I think the pressure got Well, to you also they, don't, you don't realize, I mean, the, so. The I mean, cat, they didn't know they had a 40-minute lead out of Squintna, you know. Right, yeah. Mm. And and then on, on top of that, they also, you know, that the, that cabin trail isn't a normal trail. So, the, yeah. and, and the way that we kind of went into it this year was different. So, there wasn't like a, even a main trail that went that way. Yeah. So, and then again, you you go. We're gone for the week, and we're coming back, and you don't even realize that how much it snowed. How much it snowed, and of course they're the first team, and now now they're breaking oh, trail, man. and they're under Powder. pressure. They got two motors that are one's blown, and they're towing with another bum motor, and so they're trying. Yeah, you know, just, just bad pressure kind of got to yeah. them. I think. Whereas yeah. they should have stayed on Is the, the main trail, trail. Marked? It's it somehow. It's pretty marked. It's out pretty of Big marked, Lake. but yeah, I mean, but like I said, those they guys probably. Okay. But also at the same time, they probably. I mean, I probably I wouldn't have even thought about that there was that much snow in that area. I mean, we got back there. I was like, holy crap! There's just. I mean, this. Yeah. I was, was trying deep. to find Mike. It was deep, and I was, yeah. you know, trying to. I was wallowing around out there with the, you know, good running sled. And that's the thing about the Iron Dog is, or any race, it's never over till it's over. You know, yeah. I mean, we all. So they, so last season they had the top three teams stay at Puntilla, where they sent the rest of the field on to the next stop at Squintna mm-hmm. for for an overnight hold. They called it. And so the top three team or four teams, Actually, maybe. Was, yeah, I don't remember. Might have been six. And, and so yeah. we were all like, "Yeah, you know, good job, guys. You know, re- you know, you pretty much got it in the bag. Like, good yeah. job. It's gonna be a good one." And so you jinxed yeah. it. And they were on Polaris, <laughs> so it was like right on. Yeah, okay, got it, got it, got yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And the Skidoo <laughs> team ended up passing them there at the end. And, <laughs> and, I'll be damned. I, I can't remember. In, 20, in 2018, Mike and I had some issues right at the end of the race. Yeah, we, we had eight. a 50-minute lead the night prior. Yeah, and we won by four minutes. Four minutes. We won by. Four wow. minutes and we were skinning your teeth yeah we, we, we and we were we were, we were we were going we were going backwards not forward the the, the whole last part of the race so we <laughs> yeah. were i was like we were getting nervous here the yeah. skis about to fall was, off over here i was towing mike and it's the first time in the race mike told me to slow down <laughs> yeah i was gnarly He's back there just yeah. dragging <laughs> he didn't like it uh, i was going full throttle and he didn't like it <laughs> he was calling me off some gnarly stuff how, how long does the race take in general like days or like so it is, days it's and a hours? week. It's a week long. Our okay. actual hour, like I was telling eight you, eight like, days now. Yeah, with so Saturday to Saturday because we start on Saturday okay. and we're finishing on Saturday. I don't remember what the total hours were on the course last year, but fifty and some change. Yeah, fifty hours, fifty-two hours or something. That year that I was telling you that Mike and I we we did the the course the two thousand mile course in thirty. 34 hours or something 30 something like that they yeah, made a 34. beer they made a beer after us broken yeah. tooth brewing uh, oh yeah this tooth made a beer after a record time <laughs> yeah was that oh, right, right yeah wow that's cool it was man. called the iron dog ale or iron dog lager or something oh Sweet, right on. man <laughs> so do they have like um you know certain times that checkpoints you got to be overnight a certain time or certain hours yeah or? we declare our own layovers um, they, they change the it, it you changes know, all it, the time. It changes every year is kind of a little bit different, so I don't really even want to talk too much about like. But yes, essentially, there we have a certain amount. Basically, what we're we're kind of given a certain amount of layover that we're supposed to take. Typically, all your top here in Nome. Yeah, typically all your top teams on the first day go to McGrath, which is about three hundred fifty miles out, and we'll take huh. like a twelve or a fourteen hour layover. One day. Yeah. Holy shit. 350 miles in oh, a day. Last year, we did, we did last year. We did most, about 700 we did about miles. 700 in one, miles in one, one ride, one 
Yeah. Jesus. We so did that was that. the longest. That was the we longest did, we've... No, typically, like, we the did longest that would to be, make like, it, 500 miles. Yeah, we did that to make it easier easier on ourselves the next day. Yeah. Got so it. So we basically Strategy. did hard that, like... Push. We did, like, that hard push, and we got, like, a 14-hour rest, like, slept, like, crazy. <laughs> yeah, just... <laughs> just yeah. dog-tired. Yeah. Oh, I was man. so tired going into McGrath, because we, we basically rode from Kotzebue all the way to McGrath. Jeez. Yeah, which is With, across the state in yeah. one day. Yeah, man, that's insane. To even yeah, think about most, a lot, a lot of the teams. Are you guys listening to Alaska Wild it. Project podcast in the in the headphones on the way, or how's that work? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it will be. There we go. I needed nice. something to kind of keep me awake because I was I was actually that, that's how tired I was. Kind of going into McGrath, I was just like, man, I can't wait to get. I just can't wait to mm-hmm. get there. Yeah, that in the motor just it just probably just yeah. like starts to kind of like almost hypnotize you. Well, right? are you allowed like, to whoa. listen to music or whatever you want as I you mean, go you and could. zone out? Or we have we have we, we, we actually have radios so we can talk back and forth to each other. Okay, gotcha. I bet it's so, more like you want to hear what the machine's doing and, yeah, and stuff yeah. like that and be aware. I mean, I, I wear I wear earplugs. Um, obviously, there's a lot of sound, so I wear earplugs. But mm. with uh, with our headphones that we have in there, you can still hear each other pretty pretty well. When yeah. you get into those long days, it's just kind of mind over matter. It's like, come on, a hundred more miles, and we got a fourteen hour rest. It's you know, just zoning, just yeah. suffer for another hundred miles, and yeah. just just sleep hard do you guys like really feed off each other like you can sense when chris is like starting to waver on his focus yeah. or or vice versa and yeah. you're like hey man hey get that's it. probably Keep going baby you're looking good yeah, like you kind of start come on we got this we yeah, got 100 yeah, miles yeah. left each other a, up it's a, it's, and i think that's one of the one of the th- reasons why we've been as successful as we have been is just uh um i think both of us can you know read each other pretty well and yeah have mm-hmm. you know kind of have that um kind of know where each other's at and, and know mentally where each other's at and you know, yeah. we're both pretty positive most of the race and and if we're not the other guys you know um, bringing the other guy up instead yeah, of the other way around it's a team race so you need to cater to the weak link yeah. no matter what and so yeah you, you know you gotta yeah, telling someone they collaborate. suck and and stuff like that's oh, not gonna help that ain't gonna help anybody yeah. i mean it doesn't you know i mean we're all and usually it, when chris tells me to slow down i go fast yeah exactly he does <laughs> he's not joking around <laughs> yeah 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 because i mean imagine a guy i mean an eight-day run and as strenuous and and kind of stressful and then the pressure of all of it you know one guy is gonna have a good day and a bad day and and yeah. like you know it's yeah. not all peaches and cream like, every like every I, run I, you know like i mm-hmm. was saying i kind of teach the the rookie workshop and tell people that all the time that you know at the end of the day every i mean we're all human we're gonna make mistakes i mean that's just mm-hmm. part of it i mean mm-hmm. we're gonna have uh, an issue in the race and and you know you can either be pissed off about it be mad at your teammate that he did something stupid or you can just try and figure out the best way to, to get through that situation which yeah. is yeah. learn what, from it learn or from whatever it. yeah mm-hmm. learn from it and and, and move on because if you don't do that um like i said you know telling telling you your teammates you gotta communicate you, really yeah. i mean you do yeah effectively it's like a relationship yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I bet. <laughs> exactly. Almost like a married couple at times, I'm sure, right? For sure, for sure. Oh, yeah. I, I, I hate you, I love you, I hate you, I love you. Yeah, yeah. yeah so we, we say we're teammates, not partners, you know, just to just Yeah, yeah, yeah well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. we kind of figured that out. Uh, let's take a quick break real quick. If Sounds you guys got to use the bathroom or something, we're going to give a shout-out to some of our sponsors here, yeah. as you guys know about sponsors. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, Taylor Restoration, 24-hour emergency services, helping Alaskans restore their dreams since 1972. Services include fire, water, mold damage, post-emergency cleaning, remodeling, and the aftermath, including burst pipes, overflowing toilets, downed trees, fires, pet accidents, and vandalism. Tailored has an emergency response number with trained professionals available to help you anytime, day or night. Give them a call in Anchorage, Eagle River, or Matsu Fairbanks. Hit them up at tailoredrestorationalaska.com. The Treehouse AK, your one-stop dispensary, located at 341 Boniface Parkway. Be sure to ask the bud tender about their deal of the day because, honestly, there's always something good on deck. And, guys, listen, this is where the culture lives. At the Treehouse, their dedication to servicing consumers has been developed through a lifetime involvement in the cannabis culture. They're committed to providing the highest quality products at whatever value your budget affords while always maintaining the deep-rooted principles that have carried them this far. Their focus is on relationships over transactions, and you can always depend on them to treat you with the respect you deserve. Hit them up at thetreehouseak.com. You must be 21 years of age to enter their store serrano's mexican grill since 2008 serrano's is anchored his own new generation of old casina their menu showcases the passion and love of their rich heritage and unique family recipes that have been passed down through generations serrano's goal is to embrace and display traditional flavors using the best ingredients that are available they focus on making everything from scratch daily in-house menu includes handcrafted corn tortillas serrano salsa carne asada marinades and chorizo but don't take their word for it Experience the tradition and sabor for yourself. Locations on Tudor and Northern Lights. Northern Lights has the tequila bar. Check out their daily specials at serranosmexicangrill.com. Well done. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, oh, I was going to. Go ahead. Go I ahead. had a question I wanted to ask. Yeah, get um, after it. So you mentioned the food thing was like, mm-hmm. um, kind of what was ever available. Do you guys have like a nutritionist or a. a um, Okay, first off, do you have like a diet prior to the race? Is there some sort of nutrition plan and food during the race and like a uh, repair recovery process after? Like, do you guys get that nitty gritty with it? A little bit, yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm definitely getting up there in age, so I've got to got to watch what I eat for starters. Yeah, and yeah. Mike, Mike's a very healthy eater as it is. Um, but I I, uh, I definitely like I'm, I, 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 you know, diet ish you know most okay especially this time of year mm-hmm. till, till the race gotcha um during the race it's a little bit different it's really um you, you, in some ways you can't be picky because you you're, you know depending on where you are or where you where you show up you're gonna get whatever's being okay someone's gonna serve you something okay oh, so they're um, providing a meal at the checkpoints yeah, so so well yes and no so um most checkpoints will like at places that we stay like where we lay over um, and that's probably the best part of the whole race is like when we go to the villages, they just, they, they want us to come into their home and, and stay with them. Oh, is that how that oh, works? It's awesome. Yeah. Oh. It's and almost so, like a host home it is, type thing. Correct. Okay. And so people will have, I mean, we've been doing this race long enough now that we kind of have certain people that we stay with, but you know, I mean, even, you know, prior to that and so on and so forth, there's just people, they're just wanting you to come in. I mean, they're excited for us to be yeah. there. They want to be a part of it and they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're wanting to have a stay with them and they, they cook for us. So again, it's not, and I'm not, luckily I'm not a picky person. So I, I pretty nice. much eat anything. And w- during the race, I mean, you really, it's, it's about 
consuming calories. I mean, at the end yeah, of the day, whatever so it is, just, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I tend to eat, eat quite a bit, you know, during, um, during that point in time and, you know, kind of the, the diet kind of goes out. I mean, obviously I'm just not eating a bunch of junk food, but, uh, kind of getting my hands on whatever I can, sure. whatever we can eat. We're Carbs eating, so, and proteins yeah. and, yep. and fats and things of that nature. Yeah, everything. Yeah. So I'm pretty lucky. My, my body, like I said, I'm, I'm not picky and my body doesn't, isn't too picky either. Yeah. So that's good. <laughs> well, I, well, you I, mentioned getting up in age and I'm getting up in age and I find that I got to pee all the time, <sighs> man, you beat me to it. So I'm, I wonder like, is there, is there, are you like, it's, Hey, uh, Mike, we got. I got to take a piss, man. So, we got to pull over. Or yeah, how's that work? Yeah. So you know, I'm I'm pretty lucky. I don't have that issue at least at this point in time. Last year, uh, I we did stop once, and I I peed. It was in that during that really long run we kind of talked about. Yeah. I was like, all right, we're we're not close enough that I know that I can't hold. You know, I mean, this is I'm I'm, yeah. I'm stopping and I'm going to be comfortable. But it's it's actually kind of it's strange because you will hydrate. I mean, we will hydrate and drink massive amounts of of water and um it, it's it's crazy how much we're drinking but when it, it, as soon as you start riding I, I don't know what it is i don't know if it's because you're sweating it out or or oh, what but yeah. you, you mm-hmm. actually end up we can, you can pretty much ride i mean sometimes it seems like if i have to pee it might be at the first checkpoint um just because i've been drinking all morning yeah. and, but it seems like once you get past that point you'll end up riding the whole day without without peeing it's just weird it's just a yeah. weird I don't know if it's, it's and then the second half of the race we're having to we're having to pee all the time. Yeah, I think it's because you just kind of get um, you're not moving as much. You're uh, like I said, I, I was I was telling them about. Hey, uh, come here. I got to close the door. Oh, yeah, but yeah, so it's just. Uh, I mean, we will stop and, and pee if it, if it really if it really you know like I said if it's really bothering us. But for the most part, we can we can go. We try we try to hold it till at least the checkpoint, and then the other yeah. te- the other teammate can um, take care of the sleds as far as getting fuel and stuff, so we're not losing a bunch of time on the clock. So, but that's not to say that we haven't peed on the trail because we've uh, <laughs> yeah, I still I'm done that do plenty <laughs> plenty of time plenty of time. <laughs> Uh, so, I, w- I was ahead. waiting for him to tell me that they're like, yeah, we developed this like diaper, like NASCAR style, man. I was like, come on, man, come on, tell me you guys are doing some shit like that, yeah, please. I've, I've, I've heard stories of tubes <laughs> running down the leg and stuff. I, oh, like, that's we, don't, we don't go that far. I'll say, you know, thirty below. Imagine that stuff will freeze and it can get real stinky and that. And uh, no. I don't know if it's mm-hmm. worth it, right? No, we'll just we'll just stop. Yeah, yeah. I so, feel like it's maybe like a mental. Like your body almost like kind of shuts that off because you're so iron so. focused on ripping it 100 miles an hour and I've trying it, not to fall out, you know. I've held it all the way to McGrath. Yeah. I mean, yeah. For an eight hour day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you can Sometimes almost like mentally 12. like lock it up, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of weird. It's like I said, it seems like almost seems impossible, especially like I said, when you're drinking that much, but it just. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, just between blocking Mental it out or sweating set. it out yeah. or whatever it is, you just. Well, you mentioned the checkpoints. Is, are there any checkpoints where you guys got to, like, set up a, a tent? Or is it always like you're staying with somebody or in some building or some abandoned so, building? Yeah, yeah tip, we kind of time all our stops, too. Yeah, we, we, try and, we, try and, we try and stop it. But that's not to say that, you know, um, Roan is just a little cabin um, out in the woods, you know. Of, actually, we're not even staying there anymore. We but, have been forced to lay over there before Yeah, and because so, of mechanical issues, but... Yeah. So are you prepared to stay the night somewhere out if you we have are, to? Yeah. Oh, so yeah. You bring so a safety tent wise, and a bag so and stuff like that. Yeah. Safety wise, we we're, we're, we're required to, 
to carry a 20 below sleeping bag and a bivy bag. Like we're not, a, a we're not ever going to, we're not ever going to take that off unless we're in a life life or death yeah. situation. But once we get to this, I mean, even the remote stops have at least a sleeping bag or a, you know, something to, as yeah. long as it's warm, something. really. I mean, yeah. there's been a couple of times where we wish, I wish I would have had my sleeping bag, you yeah. know, when we, cause, cause we vacuum seal our sleeping bags and we have them tucked in some pretty small areas. Oh, so it's all really compact. Yes. So is there like some sort of cargo thing on the back of the sled or you wear we, a backpack? No, no, no backpack. We'll kind of, there's a fine line interiors, Doug Dixon. He does uh, these waterproof bags and he pretty much does bags for all the iron dog teams. And we'll have them make us like a custom bag that fits our sleeping bag. And, and that's, that's uh, the biggest item we have to carry. Yeah. Gotcha. And what, what, are, what are, what sleeping bag do you got? Um, what's your preference i, I no mean, preference yeah, no preference. chris has a nicer one than me His yeah is a, that's got, one of the questions we ask all the I've guys got a, i've got a i've got a i actually have a mont bell uh super stretch got it mine's yeah. a rei 20 below yeah down I, bag that I, I could compact as small as i can yeah i had a western mountaineering um 30 below bag I just use that for hunting now. That's that's what I have in Western Mountain Air. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a night. Nice, that that bag is amazing. It yeah. really is. What was the guy's name you said who makes the dry bags? Oh, Doug, Doug Dixon. Dixon. Fine line yeah. interior, yeah. yeah. So is he from up here? Yeah. Oh yeah. Fine He's line up. interior. Does he do things up. for other other than that? I mean oh, yeah. I'd love something for like my raft and stuff like he that. He does boat covers. He does really good boat cup really nice boat covers. Yeah. And, Enclosed. Okay, so like, pretty like much whatever you want, any size, kind, whatever you can make it. Any yep. kind of upholstery work he does. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Dry duffel bag type stuff. I'll bet yeah. You. Yeah. All yeah. our bags are waterproof. Yeah. Ooh. From Doug. Damn. Yeah, yeah he does. Sparked good. my interest, boys. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I, like I like dry that. bags, man. <laughs> yep. I was out in the sound this weekend, and it was wet. Yeah. He, I don't care what dry bag you had. Your <laughs> yeah. shit got wet. Yeah. Man, it was just like unstoppable. His stuff has good zippers, too. We never blow the zippers out. Oh, yeah. like oh, real important. strong, reinforced, yep. sealed seams and all that. He's, He's a yeah. good guy. He's Doug been Dixon. doing it a long time, so he knows what it takes. To yeah. yeah. Would yeah. you say that... Um, also Most of the guys are, are are wearing technical gear like climb, or is there some guys that are out there with like the old you know big like parka style stuff? Obviously, no. it's a, there's been an evolution there. There's a little bit of that, but for the most part, I think the guys that uh, do it they don't they don't do it for very long. You know, whether yeah. it's that year or or the next year, they're definitely I mean, not. Yeah. It, it, if they're wearing anything like that, they're going to get to the first or second checkpoint and just they're going to throw it away. They're going to toss yeah. it. I mean, yeah. there's no way you can, you it's can't ride bulky, the you probably. can't ride the sled aggressively, comfortably. Got I mean, it. You're yeah. Just gonna overheat. What's the uh, what's the prize for winning the Iron Dog? Um, it, you know, it, it's 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 changed over the years. I mean, it was twenty five grand for the longest time, and then it went up to fifty grand back ten years ago, and then for it, the first place team, yeah, yeah. sixty five, sixty five, and. Not to I, mention some of the contingencies that are yeah. in it. Oh, is there like you make this point, you get like a bag of gold? Yep, and sh- yep yeah. exactly. Yeah. Okay. So. so Chris and I won 18 and 19. I think we won almost 90,000 each time. Yeah. Now keep but in that, mind. But that was, conting- that, that was, was we were first place to Gnome, so we got first $10,000 for first to Gnome. Got it, got yeah. it. So that was like the most, we, we capitalized on every contingency yeah. we could have. Yeah. yeah. So for first place, it was what sixty or fifty those years. Yeah, and, and that's that's a variable by the sponsors and yep. who's putting yeah. in and stuff like that. And, yeah, and so, and it's funny because people. I remember the first year I won, 
there was the first year so i think the first year i won it was the first year it went up to 50 grand and everyone's like wow man you guys made a lot of money and i was like yeah i spent way more than that race if if anything i've got probably enough money to take my my wife out to a nice dinner and that's that's about <laughs> that's about that's, about, that's about it yeah, yeah. A, so i mean um even though it sounds like a lot of money um we put way more into it our actual budget's you know pushing between 80 and 100 grand to do the race so oh my god wow. but we're pretty well set up now with yeah. sponsors i mean obviously mm-hmm. sponsors supplement a lot of that but i mean that's yeah. um you know, it, it t- takes some money and, and uh, you know effort to to get to to get yeah. the stuff that you need to do the race. Yeah, yeah. So um, most of our testing on the machines is spent with shocks. That's what yeah. we spend most of our time doing, mm. Mm. and yep. and durability testing, which we're on kind of the same general backbone, you know, chassis this season, so we know exactly what to do as far as durability. But suspension is what we're always evolving, and you know. We work with a company out of California, Walker Evans, which is mm-hmm. basically kind of proprietary to Polaris. They they build all their shocks for their consumer sleds and our race sleds and everything. So we work close with them, developing their shocks and developing our setup. And I mean, and like I said earlier, the challenge of getting the machine to ride good in all these different conditions. Yeah, yeah. I mean so. that's the biggest. I mean, at the end of the day, I think that's another a big part of our success is having machines that ride good. Um, you know, you, Chris is really good with shocks. He's been with Walker Evans for a long time. Yeah. 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 Been riding Walker Evans since Oh two. So, um, but they, uh, you know, you have to kind of set it up to be good in everything. And so with shocks, it's kind of like anything else, you know, everything's kind of a compromise. So, you know, you can't set it up for the big bumps and expect it to do good on the little bumps and vice versa. You can't set Got it up it. for the little well, you bumps. Find a balance. And you do. You yeah. It's it's all it's a balancing act to mm-hmm. where it does everything. You want it to where it does everything good, you know. Or, mm-hmm. You know, it might not shine at everything it, 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 any one thing, but it does everything really well. And that's kind of what you want to try and cause eventually you're gonna you're gonna see every single type of bump there is. Got it. You're gonna mm-hmm. hit it doesn't matter if it's a square edge like a big ice shelf to a big roller a to a little off yeah to like little teeny stutter bumps to, mm-hmm. i mean it's all all you yeah. know it's just it's all different and, and it's got to do well in all the different types of bumps so it's a, it's definitely a fine line trying to get mm-hmm. that that perfect setup to where yeah. it does good in everything and chris and i do all our own shock work so yeah. oh rebuilding them and, yeah. and all Re- that kind of stuff revolving tuning oh. tuning the shocks we, we do our own tu- thing we yep. do our own tuning so it's we're c- it, constantly it's changing and trying to like as Mike put it, we're evolving all the time. It's an yeah. advantage and it's a disadvantage because now we got to take that time to do our own shocks, yeah. whereas some other guys have somebody else doing them. But I have more confidence doing our, yeah, our own shocks because we're we're yeah, we're responsible for them. If anything right. goes wrong, we can point the finger right back yeah. at ourselves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Point it, yeah. Point it right at us. Point it right at me. I had a question <laughs> about um, maybe seeing if you guys can elaborate on the air support side. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking that's My making the call and he drops us. off a shock or a spring or something. Do you have like an allotted so, amount of those drops? Do you have like some so, sort of restriction? So last year there was a huge, you know, with COVID last year was, was you know, completely changed everything. Mm. So you could technically, actually last year we didn't have any air support at all last year. So wow. Um, we yeah, just they complete didn't allow air support. They, they allowed air support to McGrath. To McGrath. That was it. So you could oh, have so air have support all, up to McGrath. All of it there. 
They didn't yep. want excess personnel in the villages. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they didn't want okay. the additional people, you know. Uh, so, um, so last year there was really, there was air support, but it was, it was limited. Um, you know, I've done the race both with air support and without air support. Um, we're pretty lucky. Mike's dad's a, got a, a perfect plane for it. He's a, mm-hmm. he's, he's a commercial pilot. He's, he knows the area. He knows, I mean, he's, you he's know, part of the team. He's a huge point. part yeah. of the team. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, you know, he knows how to to get places that other guys can't. He's been, you know, <laughs> like I said, he's nice. He's, he's, you know, like there was good. one year there was only two 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 pilots that made it to Nome, and he was one of them. So, oh, I bet. You know, it's uh, they all feed off him. They kind they of do. follow him, and he yeah. sure. he's yeah. real comfortable with the weather. More or less, like f- the godfather of that like whole area yeah. when it comes to. I mean, he's the been flying, flying. Yeah, he's been flying since he was, you know, sixteen years old or yeah. whatever. And wow. his plane's capable of flying. He's it's IFR rated plane, so he could fly through any kind of weather conditions or. Yeah, so it's a huge. Wow. It's an advantage in that sense. Um, you know, there's 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 one of the things with Iron Dog, and you'll see there's there's always people we also spouting can't. out about how you know having planes is not fair. Um, so that's always a big one is like, you yep. know, they, they think it's a huge disadvantage if you don't have a plane. But if you take last year, for instance, where we didn't have planes, you saw basically the same outcome. You your top teams were your field. top teams yeah. and your, you know. S- same yeah. kind of groups that were up there. Well, yeah. they're still there. The, the way that I explain it is we kind of, t- we, we hit it on a little bit earlier. If you're working on your machine, you're not going to win the race. Yeah. I mean, that's really so if you're pulling parts out town. of the plane. So yeah. if you're pulling parts out of a machine, you're not necessarily an advantage. It's, 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 yeah. it's some ways it's not what it, it gives you an advantage of finishing the race it, it, it could give you an advantage of helping you to finish the race or or help you finish it in a quicker manner than if you had to run around trying to round up parts yeah it might be a little bit easier but as far as winning the race goes i don't I, you know i, I said it i don't know that whenever you're working on the machine it's against your time so if you're pulling yeah. parts out of that plane it's going against your time yeah so yeah. that just means you're, yeah. you're so you hope you never need, even need the plane yeah, yeah. The, air, much. the air support if, is something that's like it's more of a convenience you don't really want more it of a is, convenience correct. i mean they carry my our dirty un, or clean underwear and our you know toothbrush <laughs> yeah. basically yeah. okay yeah okay. is he taking the, 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 the dirty underwear out too <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's all i want to pull out of the plane really he's like no i just wear one pair you know the other thing too is you can't you can't rely on the plane i mean the weather could come in you cannot if if you're relying on your plane you're making a huge mistake yeah so if you think that you're going to have parts at the next checkpoint again it's a huge mistake do not bank on it weather everything can change i mean anything can change so there's been plenty of times where you know when we would have liked to have had air support and we just didn't have it because like i said the weather um sometimes the guys make it to McGrath or even like say Galena and that's as far as they go because the weather's so bad on the coast so that's that's pretty mm. common or so, sometimes yeah. going to McGrath they get held on the other side of the mountain range and they're not mm, able to make it stuck. to McGrath yeah mm-hmm. and so now they're completely behind and, and planes have a hard I mean I wouldn't say hard time but you know we're, we're moving at a fast pace by the time we get on the, ri- the river and the coast I mean you know we're, 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 we're cruising at 90 100 mile an hour and those planes it's not like they can make massive times on us I mean yeah They've yeah. got to pretty much stay Once we with hit us. the Yukon, yeah. they pretty much need to hit the Yukon or they're not going to catch up to us. Yeah. yeah. And be on that straight line with you guys. Yep. Gotcha. I mean, they've got to they gotta be. We're doing 100 mile an hour on the Yukon for, I mean, miles on end. It's hard to keep up. Yeah. 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 So, so during the race, are you guys riding like side by side? Are you one of you taking the lead and then you switch? And then second part to that question is, does the time stop when the second guy comes into the checkpoint? Yeah, good question. So yeah. people ask us this all the time about how uh, Mike and I 
typically would stay within like say site range typically okay. and there, oh, there's okay. there's some exceptions to that um on the Yukon, the, the, the Yukon. snow, yeah, the snow dust can get it, oh, that you really have to cold. Extend off, yeah. yeah. Sometimes I don't like sitting. I don't like being in complete blindness. Eating is dust. It's, yeah, not, yeah, no it's not only fast running; it's it's cold, and so the snow dust just lingers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it doesn't settle. Oh, it just floats. It doesn't floats. Yeah. It doesn't settle out. So there's some like I said, some exceptions to that. The last few years we've been running radios, which help because then we know that the person's still coming. We'll run within a mile of each other. Or you know, yeah. at the most, yeah. So we, half a mile. so t typically we're, so we're, we're, we, we very rarely ride side by side. Most of the time, the trail's only one, one machine wide. Most of the Got places, it. so, yeah. uh, you know, we're, we're, we're behind. Um, you know, we, we've kind of changed our strategies throughout the years. Mike pretty much leads now. I, I kind of when we first started riding, I led most of the time, and then over the the first couple two three years kind of um let the young let the yes. young gun get yeah, up in exactly. there huh? yeah exactly yeah i broke my back <laughs> in 2013 and oh, uh, wow. and uh so mike mike did a lot more kind of leading that year and, and kind of has taken over from then and he's done a really yeah. good job so pretty much mike leads you know 98 percent of the race i mean there's certain times where i do get out in front of them and and, and lead a little bit sometimes out of big lake and sometimes you know in certain areas where it makes sense um yeah. but we kind of just have a a system now and yeah, I mean, you do what like, works right yeah, yeah yeah exactly so um it works good and mike mike we're kind of opposite too with our the way that we navigate mike is a mike is a trail he's a trail navigator he goes off of the trail he's very in tune with um numbers snow depths he mentioned that like, yeah, I, know where the, I, I know the mileages where all these gnarly creeks are like where these bumps are yeah like, where to take he's, the right a, line and the right turn and, yeah. and, and, I'm, and i'm more of a gps navigator so it, it works really well with him just kind of just going and then if i you know i'll get a feeling like hey maybe this i'm not sure that this is right and then i'm i'm looking and then i'm telling mike you know, we need to be going to the right or to the left. And there's certain mm. times where visibility where you can't see anything. Yeah. And I'm, I'm actually in the back because now I can kind of keep an eye on Mike. I can just tell him, Hey Mike, we need to be going. Like if we're up out on the ocean where it's just, everything's just there is white. No there's line. no oh, definition. There's yeah. no line. Yeah. There's nothing. Yeah. I could be telling, I could be looking in the back so that Mike's not just sitting there looking at the GPS. I can look at the GPS with my eye kind of on him. Oh, he's and I know just if ripping. I'm, Usually yeah. it's like, hey, we're going way out in the ocean. I'm yeah. like, I know. I know. Good. I'm telling him, I was like, <laughs> hey, that's, that's water over there. We need to be going the other way. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm kind of telling him from the back, you know, sometimes mm -hmm. where to go. And so we've kind of, like I said, over the years, it's just something that we, you know, kind of in tune, but he's basically typically leading now and uh it we, just works really well and and so time wise yeah it's based on the last person that comes in so okay. if mike is there now you know you, you know, know it's, it's funny the last few years we've gotten pretty close to the water's edge and the rest of the field pretty much follows our tracks and they're like holy crap you guys were right guys next doing? to the water <laughs> exactly <laughs> what are you guys doing no we're yeah checking out the seals yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. but uh you know there's some but salty it, air it's crazy because there there is some teams like the the guys that aren't in tune with each other yeah they don't the, know the, 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 they'll, they'll, they'll be guys <laughs> that come into checkpoints and you'll hear that like the teammate doesn't ever show up or you know oh, shows shit. up an hour later you know like yeah, yeah. Uh, where's your partner <laughs> exactly it's kind of like where's your teammate and the guy's like I don't know. That's a good <laughs> question. <laughs> you sure? I want to keep an eye on that guy. Yeah. Last time I saw him, we were skipping some water. Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of weird to some some of the guys that are, yeah. But anyways, but yeah, we typically, like I said, we, we're typically kind of within eyesight if we can. 
Like I said, there's some exceptions yeah. to that. Yeah. yeah. What's the GPS system you guys oh, are man, running you on? You me that? those good questions, bro. We use a yeah, Garmin uh, 276 CX. It's a, uh, there's a couple newer ones now that people are, the guys are using. Um, it's got a fairly decent size screen. The so. Garmin's, they it's just mounted on your uh, handlebars there on the front of the machine. Yeah. Screen, we mount right? it next to the dash. Okay. Yeah, basically so right looking. in front of us so we can see it and we can kind of, you know, get a visual as well. Yeah. It's it's really hard to read, though, if you're doing 100 mile an hour looking I down bet. at that. Yes. You don't want to be not, looking down yeah, you don't 100. Want to. <laughs> basically, yeah. the only time we use our GPS is when the vis- visibility is down to zero and mm. we're questioning where we're at. Yeah. That's the only time we really use it because we, yeah. you know, We've done the race enough times when we get in that open ocean, we know, you know, Island Point, we know that point over there, okay, we're, you know, half a mile off of that, and we're kind of, we've done it enough times where gotcha. we don't have to use, rely so on So you kind of know where you're at. It's when the visibility is yeah. really bad and you yeah. can't, you don't have any reference points anymore. When those start going away, that's when you start using it. Yeah. And you're yeah. going a lot slower at that point, typically. Yeah. Yeah. What's, uh, what's the fa- favorite checkpoint? Oh man, that's that's a tough one. It's kind of a loaded question too because they're all um, yeah. No, you know, nobody's listening yet, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it, or what's some of the favorite kinda, for, I, for for I, whatever I, reason? Well, I mean, you know, one there's thing some is beautiful is, checkpoints, and there's like I like getting into my hometown and town and Nome. I was going to say yeah. finish, right? Doesn't us. have to be oh, the finish. Yeah, the finish. The finish is the. No, I mean, like you know, McGrath is always you know because the the first day is tough. It's usually one of the toughest days of the yep. whole race. So when you get into McGrath and you know you you you've put a, a long day behind. You and you had a good day. It's and you a huge had, sigh of relief. Big it accomplishment, it's right? A, it's a right. huge accomplishment. Yeah. You're ready just to to get warm and have something to eat, and so yeah. that that feels good. But the rest well, of the race seems easy compared to getting to McGrath. Yeah, I mean, minus the weather coming up or whatever. But we, like we kind of hit on a little bit before. But coming into the villages, is, I mean, and it's always been that's it, and it still is my favorite part of the whole race. I mean, you get there. Um, Iron Dog is very we have a very positive light in the villages. I mean, they, they want us to be there. There's a lot of people come out and watch us. So it's just exciting. I mean, it's cool having people come out and check you out. I mean, it it could be at three in the morning. I'm sure the whole village comes out. Lots of time. There's some places that, yes, there's some places when it feels like the whole village is out there and and it could be at any time of the night and it could be, you know, any time of the day and, and it's just awesome. And then you get there and they treat us like kings. You get there, and they, they want to feed us. They want to house us. They want to be a part of it, and it's it's just yeah. awesome. I mean, it's it's like I said, it's probably one of my favorite parts of the whole race is just being 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 able to be a part of the community for that little bit of time that we are. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're like the highlight. Yeah, coming through there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's there, uh, there are high, highlight too. So yeah, there you go. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely, bet, man. That's well, cool. and then we, after a long day, it's got to be nice to see some people. Yeah. yeah, oh yeah. It's to pull in and see lights. Yeah. And yeah. people cheering and like Talk be like, people. Oh man, there's some civilization. Yeah. yeah. You know, running I that mean, open wild country. Well that's the thing is we do so much training and we you know, we'll see a couple teams here and there throughout the days, but until the race we don't really see a crowd. We don't you know, mm-hmm. we don't really see the we hype even, of the race until mm-hmm. the race. So we're out yeah. there training in the middle of nowhere. It just seems like we're, you know, riding or just right. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And what's weird is, is, is like people will talk about like during the race, but even during the race, we don't, we're not usually riding even around anybody, even though the race yeah. is fairly close. You, you it's, I mean, unless you're, you in don't the, see other teams too often. Yeah, like it, I mean, maybe the first day, and if we started kind of towards the back, yeah, and kind we kind of, of passed some teams. Up. Yeah, like two thousand stacking 2000, up teams. Two thousand nineteen, when we won the second one in a row, we started dead last. 
and we passed. We had like a terrific first day. We were we yeah. had the fastest time on the first day. Yeah, we were the fastest team in McGrath. So we left McGrath first place on the second day because yeah. they adjust all your times. So we leave in two minute intervals, mm. and they adjust mm-hmm. your times after the first day. So after the first day, you leave on real time. So Got if it. you're time wise ten minutes ahead of second, you're leaving ten minutes ahead of second on the. Got it. To start the second day. Yeah, I think there was only, what, two teams, I think. Um, we made a really, I mean, the weather was terrible that year. Yeah. We just had a really good day. Yeah. Would you say um, most of the major brands are represented in the race so, as far as snow machines go? Uh, Yamaha, there's no Yamaha teams. And last year there was no Arctic Cat. There is some, an Arctic Cat team this year, so. Arctic, yeah. yeah, basically Polaris and Skidoo, which is kind of sad to see Arctic Cat is, I don't know really what's going on exactly. Yeah, they must have been a huge well, impact on it years ago. Oh, they, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. They, I, mean, they have a, I mean, they have a great track record yeah. in the race. Articat so. is a great. She's all leaning down over there now. It's pretty cute. Well, I brought that up because the only machine I've ever rode is a Yamaha VMAX. Mm-hmm. Ooh, the old VMAX. The old VMAX. So the Yamahas have kind of, you know, most of their sleds are four strokes now, and they're mm-hmm. just too heavy, and they don't run yeah. the bumps as well, and, and so they're just not competitive with what we're doing. Yeah, A lot of guys have tried them, and then they eventually kind of move on. But And Articat is having their own company-wide struggles. Yeah, and they're kind of partnered they're with com- Yamaha, in a way, yeah. aren't they? Kind sort of? Yeah. Well, so yeah. so about five years ago, Textron, which is a huge company, bought them out, and I don't know exactly what's happened, but I don't think there's even an Articat store. They got rid of that they one in Mountain View, didn't they? They, they sold they've, the mining and diving. Yep, yeah, they've okay. dropped they've dropped a lot of dealerships throughout the country. Yeah, yeah. but there there is still some yeah. dealers. So. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're trying. They claim they're trying to get you know regain traction and get mm-hmm. their. Uh, who knows what's going on? I mean, but top dogs, Skidoo, Polaris, Skidoo and uh-huh. Polaris, yeah, just right in now. this age, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which it's it's sad to see a manufacturer drop out because you need the competition and you need you need that. We want yeah, the competition so that our sleds become better. Well, and yeah. it push yeah it pushes everybody. It nobody wants pushes no, nobody, Polaris. And nobody yeah. wants to just see two yeah. brands full going domination. It. It yeah, was, you know, we, we went down to, we went down to Heydays a couple of years ago, and you know that they were. I mean, even. The players, you know, the, the main guys at players were saying that they don't, I mean, they don't want to see that. Yeah. yeah. No, just, you know, no. Articat didn't release a race part of the, that year. It's a part of the sport, you know. I mean, they they want to see it growing, not go the other way. Yeah, yeah and, and as an Alaskan, lifelong Alaskan. Um, I mean, if you... If you go look, ahead, yeah. Well, if you look back to the '90s, I mean, it was Polaris and Articat duking it out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm thinking Articat's like gone. you know like, the what? the purple with the checkered oh, yeah. flag yes. jackets. Yes. And Artic- yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> there no, was, seriously, as, an, as a lifelong a, Alaskan, the lin- linchpin of like snowmobiling, yeah, was like you know dudes cruising around with uh, like Articat like purple jackets oh, and they are Articat's a racing brand. I mean, that's where they were. Yeah, diehards. I mean, you know, I know a lot of guys that are just that they were just diehard. Arctic cat guys, you know. Yeah, I mean, I've always been a players guy, but you know the, the Arctic cat guys were real serious about being absolutely Arctic cat. It was Arctic cat or nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, I think even like in those days, their suspension systems were like above, like they're the first ones that were like independent A arms, yeah. yep. you know. They sold IFS to Polaris. Yeah, like back in the day, well, we had trailing arms and shocks, and they had like independent a, actual A arms. It yeah. all yeah. it all started like, out from two brothers running. Polaris, and then the one guy—I don't know what happened—they got pissed off at each other, and the one guy branched off and started Articat. Yeah, is that how um, that went? Edgar and Alan Hattin. 
Wow. Wow, look at the history Minnesota, there. Minnesota, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 I mean, heck, they're all, they're just down the street from each other, the, yep. the plants. I mean, they're not, yeah. they're not too I'll far be away. Damned. Yeah. I got into snow machining from my grandpa. He owned a, well, my great-grandpa started the oldest Polaris dealer in Alaska called Morgan and Son at the time up in Nome in the 60s. Wow. And that's yeah. that's how I got into it, my grandpa. So my great-grandpa had it. My, You know, obviously my, my grandpa um, continued it, and I'd go into the shop as a little kid and just drool over all the machines. Oh, and, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's how I got the itch for it. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and, and you're from Nome, right, Mike? Yeah. Yep. Wow. Yeah, I mean, because you just kind of got around on snowmobiles, right? That was the way. I mean, you yeah. hop on a snow machine, you could ride right out your back door. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what got you started, Chris? Like, what's your you know, background on the snowmobile <laughs> Yeah, so game? I, I, I wasn't like Mike. I was the exact opposite. I didn't grow, really grow up on sleds. Um, City boy? I, I, yeah, kind of. Um, I did have some really old sleds that we did tool around on a little bit, but not enough to where I was excited to ride anything. We had a... Um, it was actually on a, a, every a, weekend. A, we had, or we, well, we had a, a it was called a Bullens Diablo Rouge. It's it had like two tracks in the front, and you actually sat on a sled behind it. So it, it wasn't Sounds a, a traditional. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a traditional <laughs> sled by any means. So we we when we were younger, we had one of those, and so that's what we kind of moved around on in snow. But we didn't we didn't have normal up snow here in Alaska. Machines. Up or, here in Alaska, we had oh, one. Okay. Yep, we had yep, and uh, so. I didn't. I wasn't really introduced. I wasn't kind of a part of that when I was younger. I actually didn't even start really riding until I was about twenty-five. Um, oh, that's kind of when I, you got into the culture of snowmobiling. Yeah, okay. and 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 I got kind of I got hooked. Like I mean, just I mean, I just I went from really not even knowing what they were to to to, to going three four days a just week and just the the dedicated. Yeah, what what kind of got me sucked in was um, just the ability to go essentially anywhere. I mean, you know, yeah. you, you see a lot short of, of a short of a plane uh, as far as ground transportation goes. You know, I, I've been riding dirt bikes and different stuff when I was, but you're mm -hmm. kind of you're you're limited. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. whether it's water bodies or swamps or creeks or something, creeks mm -hmm. or you even see a brush. lot of you see a lot of snowboarders and skiers getting hooked on snow machines. Yeah, now. and I was a mm -hmm. snowboarder. I was yeah. a huge. I was oh, really into snowboarding. Some, some epic shit. Right? Having yeah. a motor yeah. under you and being able or incorporating it's, it, like being able to use the snow yes. machine uh, to get where you want to go. Mm -hmm. to, and in a perfect, it, what Mike said, I was a I was a big time snowboarder. I started snowboarding really early back in the 80s and mm. I, I you know had season passes we rode every single weekend we rode and it was you know and the way I the snow it. machines are nowadays you can pretty much get anywhere and and yeah. what what it was was as soon as i started riding it was like it was like you get that perfect powder day snowboard and it was just the awesome feeling of doing that well guess what you could do that on the way down and you could do it on the way up <laughs> so well that's 100 percent correct because that's what happened to yeah. my, me and all my friends yeah mm -hmm. i continued to snowboard and then all my buddies and my brother yeah. They just got snow machines and that was it. Like, like yep, they didn't want it. to go snowboarding anymore. <laughs> yeah, and like, no. so, you know, they just wanted to go snow machine. And I would be like, well, let's go to Thompson's Pass and you ride me up there yeah. and, I'll, and, I'll, and I'll ride, and down, I'll ride yeah. down. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You could ride me around. So it was. It was kind of just, it, it got me hooked real quick. And like I said, it was the ability to go anywhere you wanted to was another yeah. big aspect of it. That, you know, now all of a sudden we were going like, hey, let's, let's go to that mountain over there and just yeah. head out. Check and it go. out. Yeah, let's go yeah. check it out. So that kind of got me, and then I started racing. I mean, right right away. I mean, it was you know two, basically two years into riding, and 
did oh, my first snow, snow cr- I did a, for my first snow cross on a non snow cross sled and did really well. I think I finished s- second in the you know basically the opener pro class and got me sucked in and I really liked snow cross. That was really what I wanted to do mm. was snow cross. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I saw a lot of uh, I kind of saw a lot of. Uh, that was like in the late '90s when snowcross was, was starting. To it get was yeah, X, X Games and yep. like that whole big. thing. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think I think about '99 is was the first year it was an X Games. So that was about mm-hmm. that time. My, my first race was in '98, and then I, I was the first. I I was the, got on the race program in '99, and 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 raced every basically every race that was up here cross country and snowcross back then, and um, you know, but I did see uh, prior to me racing, I read an article on Iron Dog. And mm. the, it was this adventure and I, I, I didn't, I'd never thought about racing at that time. It was like, it was like I said, the second year I was kind of into riding and I was like, that'd be a really cool way to see Alaska is do this, you know, and that was kind of my introduction to Iron Dog. And I was like, that'd be a, that'd be a cool adventure. That's yeah. what I, I thought. I didn't think about racing. And then I kind of got into racing. Now, all of a sudden I was kind of, you know, now I was thinking about, well, now I need to race this thing. And, uh, I, I ended up hooking up with a guy, a guy named John Winger, and, and uh, it was funny because we kind of talked about doing it. We weren't really sure we were going to do it, and uh, like the we, idea of it, we liked the idea of it, but <laughs> yeah. it was going to cost a bunch of money. Well, oh. we ended up getting a sponsorship, and it was you know it was it was five thousand bucks. It was like the big, I mean, like, it was like the biggest sponsorship I'd gotten racing at the time, and it was like this is you know the, now 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 it forced us to do it. Well, unfortunately. That wasn't even like that. Barely scratched the surface of <laughs> yeah. what it was going to take. That got you like race. an entry ticket. <laughs> yeah, basically got us our entry fee. And You're still looking <laughs> through the window. Well, took about ten years. Took about ten years to pay off that race. Yeah. So uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it was expensive. Expensive lesson, but uh, no, it was fun. Kind of well, kind leading of. into that, like, what would you say if if there's a a young teenager now that wants to get into that, and maybe they've been you know riding their dad's machine or whatever, yep. and, and they're looking up to you guys as role models, and maybe one day they want to come compete like what's yeah. what are some steps that they should take in order to maybe eventually get get into the iron yeah dog? i think mm-hmm. um you know racing you know uh follow racing. your dreams no matter what yeah yes. exactly i mean for, yeah, for sure um you know we kind of talked about these big budgets that we have um you can do it and be com- somewhat competitive you can I mean, yeah you can do the race being, you can set them like for instance when i did my first iron dog i didn't you know, you had all these, I was barely sponsored by Polaris at the time. I kind of got like their B sponsorship or B team sponsorship. And I just, I just kept it simple. I was like, you know what? I'm going to prove myself. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to do my thing. Yep. And that's yep. it. I don't, I don't need to do the same thing that these other guys are doing. I don't need to waste, you know, I'm not going to pay attention to that. I'm going to do some testing. I'm going to keep it simple. And and that's it. we I did mean, good. We got fifth my rookie year and, and we worked, I worked really, really hard and, we got sponsored by Polaris the next year, and then soon as next thing, me and Chris start racing together, and one thing leads to another, and now we're you know yeah, yeah. the I foundation mean, work hard really, and, and yeah and keep it simple yeah it, it is it's a that's a big thing I mean I we see this all time and time again if if someone actually looked over our sleds I t- I tell these teams all the time yeah I say keep it simple don't try and do what we're doing keep it simple. Mm, work we'll, up to this would we, yeah like yeah. so if, if someone's right don't waste all this money on what we're doing yeah keep it simple and yeah we because can, that's not going to make you win or give you a third you yeah. know right it's and we'll give it we'll, we will like anybody that's riding a polaris we'll help anybody 
set their sleds up as far as maybe not give them our valving, our suspension valving. Sure. But sure. as far as durability and making the race, yeah. we'll we tell will them make, what we they will need tell to do them to what finish. they yeah. need to do to give make them like sure a foundation that. to build off of. Yes. Right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. We, we will tell them what what has outside to get of done. our specific setup, we'll give them everything. Yeah. yeah. We'll give yeah. them we'll give them everything that they need to. The, we we are confident that their machine will cross the line. We'll tell them these are the things you have to do. These are the things that we do. What we call insurance that yeah. isn't necessary, but if we you do have it, some extra money. If you have extra money or time or ability, do mm. these other things that, that, yeah. that are kind of more of an insurance but you don't policy. have to. You don't yeah. have to do it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you, like I said, you can get into it much cheaper than what we're, we're kind of talking about. You can, uh, but really it's working your way up to it. I mean, I think, you know, Mike, Mike had to do it. I had to do it, you know, um, kind of prove yourself a little bit in the sense of... You have to work hard. Everybody wants to get skinny pill and the fucking yeah. Yeah. vaccine. Oh, yeah. Give me the yeah, vaccine. The, the quick you know. result, right? Yeah, the quick result. The, the easy the easy insurance, yeah. and, and it's like you got you got to work hard. I mean, especially yeah. Iron Dog's going to show its face. If you don't work so, hard, you're not oh, yeah. going to get where so, you want. Yeah. So my first, my first win came in 2010, so essentially 10 years after I started doing the... Mm. Um, I, had, I, I basically had... I, I had probably... About as much sponsorship in 2010 as I did the first year I raced, which was basically mm-hmm. nothing. Um, I, have a- I had had I had had some pretty good um, finishes, but it wasn't enough. Between you know trying to change teammates and stuff like that, basically all my my, my sponsorship had had gone down to nothing. So um, I did it. I did that race as cheap as you could do it. I mean, yep. I, 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 also starting bones. over in a way I did you say? in 2010. Yeah. I did. I, did. Mm-hmm. I, I completely started over. Yeah. Um, th- nothing fancy at all. I did everything. Um, they ran an older sled than this and they got first place. Yeah. They, yeah. And so we, okay. we, we yeah, kept, you were it, racing we kept against it. each other at that time. Yeah, we were. Yeah. So I we got a kept full sponsorship from Polaris and he, like he said, he started over, he raced the older sled. They ended up beating everybody with the older sled. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just going back to that, keeping it simple, yeah. um, trying to do it as cheap as possible. And that's what we did. And uh, we didn't have anything fancy um, and we were able to win the race. So, you know, w- people always say that, you know, like I said, uh, that's one of the things that I, I get kind of annoyed on is when they say that, you know, the guys that are winning are winning because we get all the support. And the airplanes. Yeah, it took a point, airplanes took a point yeah. to get there. I mean, we were in oh, their yeah. shoes at one point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, in 2010, I had essentially no support i mean so all so and i was able to win without any of those things so all these up-and-comers are like well well how'd you get that how'd you get to that level or how'd you get that sponsor and it's like bud you got you got to work up to it you have to yeah. work hard to yeah, get you don't there. make a phone call yeah. it didn't say, happen this overnight is this is we've done yeah. you know i've done 12 iron dogs and it's taken all this time to build these relationships and to yeah a big checkbook just doesn't yeah. get it done no right? i mean you just I, and i tell him i said don't sp- you know we're doing this but you don't need to do that keep it mm-hmm. simple yep. yeah and do what you need to do to finish the race to you know there's no to prove that you're that just you can wasting finish. you first you got to prove you can do the race and finish yeah. it i mean yeah that if you're, if you're, win in itself I, just to start and finish i can day. tell you if you're doing all this stuff that we're doing you're blowing fifty thousand dollars for nothing I mean, yeah keep it simple and save all yeah. that yeah, right. and you could right. still have a competitive sled that could potentially yeah. win the race. Exactly. I mean, well, well I kind of, kind of equivalent to like, 
Um, you know, we get a lot of questions on first time people, first time fly fishing or first time hunting. And like, you don't have to have the full QU set and the yeah, baddest fucking exactly. mountain hunter thing. Like you can be out there the and you're in your best four wheeler. You don't have you to don't have all, all that, that stuff. Yeah, man. Yeah. You just have to get after it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Get after yeah. it, get Start after learning. it, get after it and learn. And then mm-hmm. eventually you're going to get there. Yeah. You, no one, effort no one sees ta- the climb. You just see the guy at the top. Like yep. yeah. there's a whole yeah. climb there. You yeah. Know? there is. Effort and talent trumps all that. I mean, effort and I mean, I wouldn't even say talent. I would say effort trumps everything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, I consider, I consider there's, there's some guys that, uh, you know, I, I personally feel that I, I'm not the most naturally talented guy out there. There's, there's guys that are way more talented than I am on a sled, but our sleds um, are better built. And yeah, we put our time in, in we, we put our time into writing, putting the effort into it, being physically ready and our machines being ready more than us, mm-hmm. me being ta- being more than and, me and being mental. Yeah. yeah. And knowing what it's going to take. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what, you know, so, I mean, I think anybody. We know can, when to push. We know when not to. We know what our team is capable of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah what I was kind of gathering from listening to all this was the young, small community kid, passionate, love, snow machines, part of your community, part of your culture. Yeah. Dude that got a, a late blossom. Maybe talent, obviously. To there's there's guys that learn how to ride when they're twelve. Yeah, you know, my first time riding snow machines, I was like ten years old. Yeah, I rode snow machines with my with my dad all the way up, and I'm to this day, I'm not not even close to as talented. I'm not even talented snow machiner. I can right. just kind of get on there and ride. <laughs> yeah. I don't even talented. It shouldn't even be part of the conversation when it comes to snow machining and me. But what I'm saying is that you got small town guy, passionate, love snow machine, late blossomer effort work grind and then you guys kind of put it all together yeah to this like perfect balance of combination of you know one of you is probably the better mechanic one of you is probably the better navigational guy mm. you know there there's there's probably these things that you guys feed off of each other and bounce back and forth that creates this like perfect balance of the ultimate team because mm-hmm. one guy can't be like the better at this or that and the other you got to have you got well, the big the big thing is like general chemistry. I mean, we yeah. get that, along. That's like, I think what I was trying to say. Really the chemistry well. came together. Yeah, yeah, we know each other like we're brothers, and we race mm-hmm. like we're brothers. I mean, yeah. I'm, you know, we, we argue, get mad we argue at each all other the time. Yeah. But it's oh. not. We don't get in fights to where we're we're we're, we're really pissed off at each yeah, other. There's like not like resentment. No. Yeah. There's no. just there's, there's just no weird natural. energy. It's always just. It's funny because we get into these checkpoints and we're yelling at each other and people are like, "Hey, they were yelling at us." We're like, "We're not yelling. We're communicating." You know. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> there is a we're difference. Communicating. <laughs> we're communicating over here. <laughs> they're like, "Yeah, Mike and Chris came in here all pissed off at each other, yelling at each other." And we're like, oh, "That's just us. Know, that's us communicating. Day. That's yeah. just you know." Yeah. But it, it, I mean. That's, Put that's, a ring on it already. Well, you know, it, it really is. I mean, that's. I will tell it. Any of these guys that are trying to get into Iron Dog, I mean, realistically, a, a teammate is probably the biggest. I mean, that is the biggest thing getting into this race because it's a team. Mm. It's a team race. It's not an individual yeah. race. That's it's so a team cool. race. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you have to. You highlighted that, man. Yeah. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, you Out have to, to the left. Yeah. So you have to have that. Like we talked about the chemistry the ability to get along um you have to kind of mesh together you have to have the same goals i mean if you guys have yeah. different goals it's it's not going to work yeah. out i mean uh, a general outcome mm-hmm. in mind yeah the finish is is you know the same the guys that are starting out i mean it's 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 you know also realistic expectations i mean you know 
again, going back to this rookie workshop and telling these guys, it's like, you know, if, if you're going out there to win your first time, I think oh, you're going to ask that. Yeah. yeah. I think you're in a, and I'm not saying that it, it can't happen. Yeah. You know, it, it has happened one time other than, I mean, the only, only rookie, there's only been one rookie that's ever won the yeah. race other than the first two, the first, first race. So, you know, I mean, it's not a common, you know, it's not common that these guys the first time around are going to win the race. So if your expectation yeah. is to, you know, uh, I think at the same time is setting realistic goals. And we kind of talked about that. I mean, finishing this race is a, it's a win. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously I think you could do a lot better if you also, another thing too, is I feel that if you're going to do this race to go out there to try and win, like in 2006, um, I was asked you know, 12 days before the race, I wasn't even planning on racing that year. I got asked 12 days before the race. I had 50 miles on. I wasn't physically in shape. I wasn't, you know, didn't have, you know, they were newer machines that I hadn't been practicing on or using or had a good setup. And um, Matt Spurnack, and he asked me if I wanted to do it. And I just told him, I says, well, if you, if, if your goal is to see the course and, and have a good ride, I'm in. If you're planning on winning the race, I want nothing to do with it. I'm not ready. The machines yeah. won't be ready. Yeah. We're not going to be ready to, to, to win the race. So, yeah. um, you know, if, if, if you're out there to, to try and learn the race and just try and finish it, I'm, I'm, I'm down. And that's what we did. We ended up getting fifth. And I, I yeah. told him mm -hmm. from the very get-go, I says, I said, you're going to be very surprised that you don't have to be go out there and record, you know, um, go out there and go blazing record pace, trying record to win pace, this thing. trying to win it. What you need to do is be consistent, keep moving, not have a lot of problems, and and just go ride. And mm -hmm. if you do that, you're going to do well. Yeah. So uh, I think a lot of people kind of just get get in their head that they've got to go out there and race. I you know we tell people all the time it's like you know when Mike and I go out there and we're racing at the Iron Dog. I mean I'm not going to say that our, our pace is going much faster or slower than what we're practicing, but we're essentially doing the same thing that we do yeah, every right. weekend that we're out there riding. Cause you, you know, if you're going beyond your comfort zone, that means there's a potential for a mistake and yeah. that's, that's what's going to cost you. Mm -hmm. So um, injury, broken sleds. Exactly. Like so that. you yeah. want to ride in a, in, in your comfort zone. And so, you know, these guys that go out there and then all of a sudden they're, they get caught up in someone else's race too. Yeah, and that's another big thing is oh, you know, like someone almost, passes them and they're like, "Oh, we got to keep they're up." They get in their head yeah, like yeah. Uh, they're they're now they're they're out of their out of their, their comfort plan. zone. Yeah, they're yeah. they're off their their whole plan is out now of their comfort zone and they're just riding someone else's pace. It's, it's a huge wow. mistake. I mean, that's a huge yeah. mistake. Is getting even even for us. I mean. We, we do not we essentially don't get into battles we and know I say what that pace very, it takes to win so yeah. if somebody passes us we know they're either going too crazy or some you know yeah so mm -hmm. the mindset is more like let's ride out here like we're alone yep mm -hmm. that's not, exactly we're right we're competing with this guy or that guy's right on our tail I mean, we're gonna yeah. race other yeah. guys to the gas point to the gas point sometimes but we're sure but i mean the, the part, natural competitive nature of it is you're yeah. gonna you're gonna like we're riding. Kind of he's he's pinning it. You're like, oh yeah, I'm gonna fuck it. Yeah, mm -hmm. I tell Get people. I tell people that all the time. It's like if if someone passes you, that doesn't mean all of a sudden you need to go their pace. What yeah. you need to do is you need to do your pace. Yeah, and that's what you need to worry about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like running the highway. You know, you're cruising at there 68, are, and this guy goes 75. You don't have to like hit the gas to stay behind so, that guy. Yeah. So so the top, I would say three, four, five teams are all kind of running the same pace. So if we get in a race to a checkpoint we are oh. going to race them to the gas pump to get there before them because so we're not waiting, so we're not waiting for fuel oh but that's gotcha. sometimes there's only one that's gas working pump. against your clock right yeah like, sometimes uh, there's uh, only uh, one gas pump so if we 
if there's a team coming, we will fight them for the gas pump. Yeah. Okay, that be, makes sense. Yeah, you'd be really it's surprised. It's a strategic move at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You'd be really surprised. I mean, like I was telling you that first year I did it with Matt, you know, that was one thing that he thought was pretty funny is, you know, we, we would get going and there's these guys that would just go blowing by us. And then, you know, literally miles up the, 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 the trail, they're stuck off to the sykes. They blew a corner and they're now they're over there sweating, trying to get out of the thing. And we're just kind of just cruising along, right? And, you yeah. know, and yeah. then, and then they would come blowing by us again. And then they're off the trail again. And then, Next thing you know, we get it to the burn, and here they blew into the, the trees and ripped off their whole front end. And so it was like, where did that get them? You know I mean? Yeah, yeah they yeah. were fast, but it yeah. didn't get them very It's, it's like the guy oh. that's passing all the way to Girdwood, and then you meet him at Girdwood <laughs> gas station. Pretty yeah. basically yeah. saying yeah. him at the first stop. Or, or, or he's in the shoulder in, on, in the, the guardrail. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's kind of that, uh, you know, the tortoise and the hare, you know, but you, you, you can't mm. be the tortoise and you can't be the hare. You got to be... Get, Somewhere find in that, that you got to find that good compromise yeah. of the in between. So yeah, do you guys uh, find or see that there's new young up and comers like coming in, and you're like, man, we got to watch out for yeah. these guys. I um, mean, it's mm-hmm. not so much that you got to look out for them. You actually, you you you, you embrace it, right? Yeah, you do. I, yeah. For me, especially, I mean, I'm I'm kind of you know, I'm, like I said, I'm I'm up there in age, and I'm I'm getting. Yeah, you're like a tenured veteran. Yes, I yeah. mean you are too, Mike. <laughs> But there's but some I mean, young you're kids. 20 years in the game, you've kind of like seen yeah. a lot of it. I mean, there's I, some young kids coming up. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. The, the thing that uh, the thing that I don't like I seeing. I love you guys, I would yeah. think. They're not like, oh, there's, I'm going to go after these old we assholes. Help, like, we help, we they, help a lot we help of them. them. Yeah. And that's yeah. what I want to see. I want to see them be successful. Because the thing that I don't like seeing is you see some of these guys that come out and you know, maybe they didn't put the full effort in and, and um, they have a, you know, they, they have a kind of a bad experience and then they don't come back. And that's not, that's what we, that's what I don't want to see. I want to see them have a positive That doesn't experience. create longevity for it the doesn't, sport. It doesn't. Yeah. You know, I want to see these guys coming, coming up and, uh, you know, especially like the village kids. I want to see them come out. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I want to help, help there them you out. Go. I mean, them, those, them kids from rural Alaska are such diehards. I mean, you yeah. get a bunch of them in there. and they It, it would be they, their they, like lifelong goal they, to they just grew, even be and, there. And, and just think if they figured it out and got, the, you know, they got the sponsors. I mean, yeah, yeah. The they thing, have potential to do they really do. well. I mean, they, they grew up on sleds. Most of them have grown up on sleds. And, Hands uh, down, yeah. You know, I want to see them. I think, I think there's, like I said, I, I, I the thing that I, I don't like and I, I get real negative that's one thing i kind of get negative about is you know you get that a lot from some of these guys that you know oh these guys are just it's you know it's unfair like you can't be competitive and it's i a think rich that man sport it's a rich man a, sports and i and mm. i just think that that's i think that that's, that's bs it man. is bs i think yeah. that anybody can get into it and i yeah. think that mm-hmm. if, especially if the you iron dog a, with so just many the variables way you guys did yep. just the way you guys did exactly I mean, there's you, nobody you that was a, like here's 20 grand go get them boys and there's yeah. a lot you of know? guys there's a lot of a lot of kids in the villages like i said they grew up on them and they're fast and they're good and they, mm-hmm. they we race against on them and we race against all these kids in these sprint races like the annual kotzebue race and the gnome gullivan race we raced against we race against all these kids and they're good and they're fast and i'm always trying to get them to get into the iron dog like just you know just just crack that egg and get into it and 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 the rest will take care of itself your whole community is going to support yeah. you you're yeah, going to get sponsors from your community that's yeah, true that's does it cost like to, to get in the iron dog is there like a fee yeah so the mm-hmm. the entry fee i think this year it was uh, 3800 bucks i think for a team per so. person oh i mean sorry yeah sorry 38 <clears throat> per person so it's okay. a pretty steep 7600 per team yeah which yeah. is a little steep but yeah i mean if you're really you want it, and and you go out there, and I mean, I don't know if it's like, 
you know, the old school doing car washes and yeah. selling cookies and For shit. Sure. But I mean, like, I, if you really want to yeah. figure out a way to get that entry fee, like, mm-hmm. there's got to be, there's creative ways to do it. And yeah. get yeah. going. Like, so you can look at, look at my, like, look at how I did it. I mean, that's, you know, I, I don't necessarily have a bunch of, never had a bunch of extra money laying around, but I wanted it and uh, worked yeah. hard enough to, to, mm. to get, to get, my foot in the door and mm-hmm. yep. once you start getting that foot in the door it, it does it, you have you know, a passion it, that's all it takes i mean the rest is. will take care yeah, of itself a vision and a, and a passion and a yeah. love and, and yep. you can't give up i mean yeah. you know there's gonna a will, be right let's take a you gotta almost will your way you do me and chris did so many iron dogs and i was like man i'm not giving up until we win this dang thing yeah absolutely and it was f- almost like um you just need to keep feeding the fire. Right? Yeah. Like it was yep. just like, man, until I feel well, that feeling. You learn something new every year. You're like, mm-hmm. okay, what could we have done better? I'm always pointing the finger back at myself. Okay, what could I have done better? Taking what? responsibility. Yeah. 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 Yep. Don't, Accountability. Don't make excuses and, and just point the finger back at yourself and yeah. make improvements. And only you can control if you're going to win or lose or finish or yep. yeah. even be part of it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like I said, I mean, you, and you can kind of get a feeling from these guys that are coming up, the guys that don't give up. Cause those are the guys that you really want to see come back. Even though they're, even though they might not have finished because they had problems, but they made a heck of an effort trying to keep yeah. going as, you know, until yeah. the end, mm-hmm. until it just wasn't possible. Yeah. Those are the guys you want to see. And they're, cause those are the guys that if they can come back, they're going to be successful because mm-hmm. you've seen them out there struggling and they're still doing it. Yeah. And so, you know, those guys mm-hmm. are going to, you know, if they can, they can start putting things together, they're going to be a, they're, they're going to be tough, you know? Yeah. Is there, is there, you guys mentioned the rookie, what do you guys call it? The rookie workshop? Yeah. Iron dog rookie workshop. They do it every year. And how does a comer get into that? Like, where yeah. does that start? So, so all the rookies are required to attend that. And Chris has been doing oh, it's it like forever. An or, like yeah. an orientation type yeah. thing? Yeah, pretty much. So okay. I've been doing it since 07. I think uh, the, that first year that Matt and I raced in 06, you know, up until then, the rookie workshop, I thought was like my first rookie workshop that I went to. I felt that it was it was multiple racers that were teaching. They kind of like split it up into different, you know, there was like a navigation and then there was like, mm. say, clothing and then there was a... Um, you know, machine set up and, you know, so it's like say four or five guys. And I kind of felt that probably three of the guys, I felt like I got a a lot of misinformation, you know, like Mm. they were like, Mm. they were more threatened by you. So they're giving you some Uh, information, but it was, it was horrible information. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't leading. It was telling you to pack stuff you don't really need. Yeah. The stuff, yeah. mm. Stuff that, stuff that was not counterproductive to the overall Mm-hmm. For sure. And, you know, uh, you know, Matt and I started teaching it, and I've, I've, I've basically continued it other than when, when Mike sunk a sled in the river and we, we <laughs> stayed out on the river the night before the rookie workshop. But, you know, I've done it every year since 07. So, mm. um, you know, I definitely, like I said, I, I want, I want the, the only way that the iron dog is going to grow is to get these guys to finish. I mean, if they're not finishing and they're having a horrible time, they're not going to come back. These no. people aren't coming like, back. There's no yeah. fun in that. Yeah, there's no fun. So you, you, you want to try and give them the tools. And you, like I said, you can kind of get an idea, even at the rookie workshop, the guys that are kind of asking some questions. Some guys, you know, I'm, I'm kind of the guy. I don't like asking a bunch of questions, but you can kind of tell the ones that that kind of will come and maybe ask a little question here yeah. and kind of keep 
keep picking a little bit, you know. Yeah. You, they'll they'll ask you more on like social media. They'll just message you, yeah. and they'll they might not they might not want to speak up. And yep, they might not want to speak up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. but you can kind of get an idea of these guys that'll that'll kind of take it a little more serious. Mm-hmm. Um, Taking you know, notes and stuff. The, the, yeah. Some some of the guys you can kind of tell too. That's kind of like they're, they're they're too good for it, or like uh, yeah, they're, I already know that. Yeah, we, yeah. we've uh, seen we've seen that. Like yeah, we'll see you over there stuck in the corner on that turn over there, bud. Usually the way they end they end up is kind of what you think. You know. Yeah. So you guys, it sounds like you're very open to to helping others. Oh, and if sure. anyone has a question, and nowadays, I mean, social media is is it's right there. So anyone that listens to this when it comes out, yeah, you can go to at Polaris Mike or at Chris Olds, yep, and just or, shoot the yep. question. Exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> Don't I worry. You found about your us. new love over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Our, our Facebook, you know, either on Facebook or our, our team page, um, we're happy to help. Uh, like I said it doesn't even matter what brand you're writing. I, obviously, we're going to have a hard time help telling them what you know if they're writing a different brand how to set it up yeah but as far as the actual race goes and what what they need to be prepared oh, there's for, plenty of information they can take from you i mean for sure. the sled and the equipment is like some super technical stuff but that like as passion as, heart love yep building yeah. up to it the, the all to the work. other stuff that is the foundation of iron yeah. dog and racing snow machines oh yeah that sounds like they can get from you guys all day long yeah for sure what about the ladies we got women going trying to do this thing. There there's, have been, there have been, there's been, uh, there's a been a question, one Daniel, one awesome. women's team to finish, right? There's been one that's finished. Yeah, all female team that's finished. Now there wow. has been some female team females that have have raced with uh, you know co-ed teams that have finished mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. Um, but as of t- as of today, there's only been one all female team that's finished. And ladies, come on, I, I let's know. go. They, there there is a, to be. Is some, there a division of uh, a, of ladies? A, there is not, but um, the the Achilles heel to women is the mechanics part of it. So when well, they when they I don't know I don't know that that would be it. I mean I think there could be some girls that are good. It's just that you see you know that they need to they got to want it. Yeah, they do. Obviously, they they do. And yeah. I think that I mean I would really. But like when to they see run into problems women. with the machines, they kind of have a hard time diagnosing what's wrong with it and what's going on. And I and I, and I think to kind of uh, clarify your statement. And I'm not trying to be PC. I'm just trying to yeah. be real. He's not saying because they're women, they can't be mechanics. I think yeah. he's just saying out of sheer experience, you probably got a gal who maybe grew up with her dad or brothers or somebody who yeah. rode. Right. Yep. Right. And then so she knows the in and out of mechanics of snowmobiles versus, hey, I want to get into this. I can mm-hmm. ride. I'm good. I, I yes. you know, but then maybe hasn't turned wrenches yeah. on end and broke enough sleds and, and things like that. Like, yep. I, I'm trying to say that the right way. No, like, you're right. You're right. I, I, yeah, I mean, I mean, like I, I, th- I think there's it's, some it's, really good. No, that they're not skilled or able to yeah. do it. Right. It's yeah, just some. It's just a desire. Some, yeah. Maybe. Like, is there they really the, the sheer number of them even interested enough to do? And it? I think that has a big part of it. There's just you know, obviously, we just don't see that many that are signing up there. There's a girl that's signing up this year, and then some in the the trail class team also in the trail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's trail a girl from Minnesota signed up with another guy from. Or Wisconsin. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, Another guy yeah. from down um, there. Yeah. But it would be great to see. I think that, um, you know, the way that I'd like to see the sport go, you know, we kind of, we've seen it with the rookies, um, you know, having a lot of prizes for the rookies because that's mm. a big thing to get them to come back, the guys yeah. that are doing good. Some incentive. Some incentive to come mm-hmm. back instead of just giving it to the guys that are, you know, that the guys that kind of top guys kind of get the prizes and stuff, so try and divvy that out to the rookies. Um, you know, I think they just, I think Iron Dog needs to, to have a big purse for yeah. the mm. first female 
yeah. team oh, come across the finish line yeah. to well it seems to me make, like make you guys to get that truly going. want the sport to grow for sure longevity yeah mm-hmm. and and whatever it takes to be helpful it's not something that you're like this is ours we want to win yeah dominate 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 but it's oh, it, yeah. i truly feel like authentically you guys want it to grow yeah. as big as possible i mean wouldn't 100%. it be awesome to have 60 teams it would my opinion yeah. my opinion is for it to grow to that next level is to they need to build a production that can sell build build a production with all the all the shop work, the, the whole story, mm-hmm. the yeah. shop work, the stories, the backstories, the yes. race, a thirty for thirty. Take whatever, yeah. Take whatever money it takes yeah. and send some super cubs out there with some guys yes. in there filming with some drones and mm-hmm. you know land on the Yukon River and get some shots of us going by at a hundred mile an hour. There's yeah. never yeah. been any of that. Yeah, and yeah, so or, spend or, the money to build that <clears throat> badass production to portray the race to everybody. Because yeah. follow a team. Otherwise, nobody knows what it is. You can yeah. you can talk about it all you want until you see it. It's a, you yeah. know it's yeah. yeah people have you a don't really well, it's, grasp ju- it's it. just ex- as exciting as you know like anyone that's the huge production on bass fishing yeah. and all these other things oh, yeah. that are going on. It's got yeah. you know? huge oh, yeah. potential. Yeah, I mean there's right. we if have you can fans. Fil- if you can film a National Geographic show about penguins, you can film a show about. Iron oh, I mean, we I mean. we have fans, you know, that are in the lower forty eight that it, where it doesn't even snow. They've never even been on a snow machine, and yeah. they are, they are diehard followers of this race. I mean, they yep. they they They're talk about how they are. They talk about how they just can't wait until that yeah. week. That week. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's out there, but the the reality is that we just don't have that broad base of yeah. you know that someone needs to. I guess tell we got to get started. We'll yeah, well, this, this is the start. This is the start. Well, like I was telling you earlier, like we have so many fans in Spain and Belgium and all these places are just infatuated with everything that's happened in Alaska. Yeah. Yep. And this is, I mean, maybe we, we, we catch the ear of a, a filmmaker oh, or somebody yeah. that wants to yeah. do it. Yeah, yep. for sure. I mean, that's just a big part of it. And, the and of potential course, is there. I mean, it's... Yeah, yeah we, we've kind of seen... We saw, you know, I mean, um, one of the directors really ramp things up as far as, produ- you know, making it a production without mm-hmm. without really limiting the race, which was really cool. They didn't, they didn't try and sacrifice the race to make it more into a production they kind of he kind of incorporate the production into the race that's when we were start we were starting in downtown anchorage and everything yeah yeah oh that's amazing it was it it cost a lot of money so they decided not to do it but at the same time that exposure you know sometimes you gotta you gotta look at those trade-offs and absolutely Long run, it might really pay off. Yeah, to, right. to you might get, get some exposure. some young some young kid from the village, uh, boy or girl who's into filming and GoPros, and it just takes a couple GoPros in your yeah. machine and follow these guys, and yeah. you got these checkpoints ahead of time and yeah. make a little video. One of yeah. the that's one of the cool things now. I mean, obviously with social media, you know, most of these people in the village and any of the checkpoints, there's a lot of video of, pe- of guys coming live. in and out. Mm-hmm. Live feeds, yeah, a lot of live feeds. But it would be great if somebody could put the effort into actually making a production out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, follow mm-hmm. it from start to finish. Yeah, and that whole thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be pretty sweet. And if they took some of the prize money to do that, we'd be all for it. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, that's a great idea. Well, and ultimately, to Daniel's point, um, and I think we can honestly say. That there's a message to take from this podcast to anybody that's listening that um, there's growth opportunity for the sport. There's longevity for the sport. Look, it's going to get cold and snow and going to be winter in Alaska mm-hmm. yep. for the foreseeable future for yeah. a long time. And there's no reason why with our technology, social media platforms, um, 
production companies and funding yep, and, yep. and sponsorship that um, we can't see this thing blow up or, or just slowly and grow and, yeah, into yeah. something. Snowmobiles in general are just getting more and more capable. Oh, man. So oh, they're pretty incredible. soon everybody should have one. I mean, shit, my buddy's got the new snow checked like turbo players yeah yeah like, i think it's like 20 it's like 20 fucking grand <laughs> yeah. i'm like whoa 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 like my first like brand new mountain sled was a mountain max 700 for seven thousand dollars yeah bought yeah, it from yeah. anchor i still got the man. yamaha v max and i'm like they're around. 20 grand now like for a turbo you could, yeah whoa. you could get one for less than that but no, i'm yeah. just i know i know i, I just <laughs> yeah. i mean like that's the leaps and bounds they have that the um Technology and equipment, horsepower, yeah. power to the track, the clutch. I mean, all the mm -hmm. the engineering that has gone into the development of these machines that are allowing you to go to places yeah. where, you know, before 20, 30 years ago, a human could never access without an yeah, airplane. It's, yeah. it's incredible, man. We, uh, I'll try to do a little plug here. I'm actually the president of Alaska Safe Riders. And, oh, um, what? Yeah, Alaska Safe Riders. Um Elaborate on check that. It out. Yeah. What, what, what is that? So it's a, I kind of got, um, I wouldn't say voluntold or kind of roped into it a little bit. I was going to volunteer some time, yeah. kind of volunteer some yeah. time on it. What's that and, called uh, again? Alaska? Alaska Safe Riders. Okay. And so we're trying to get out and, you know, it's just like the rookie workshop. It's basically kind of trying to get people thinking about safety and, and we, we do ATV, um, UTV, snow machine safety, um, okay. you know, from you know, avalanche to actual, actual backcountry safety, things that you should be bringing, getting your machine ready. Um, you know, we're going to be offering free classes um, throughout the state. Um, Is there a website or something? Yeah, Alaska Safe Riders, yep. Okay. Alaska Safe Riders, any youth programs in there? So, yeah, so we're going to, uh, obviously our goal is to, you know, try and help with uh, getting helmets out to kids, um, mm. getting, uh, you know, we're going to be offering. Absolutely. Yeah, we're, we're going to be, like I said, we're, we're kind of in an infancy or infancy there. We're just, yeah. you know, we're just starting out, but uh, um, it's definitely we're behind a great, it, bro. A great, great we're program. It. And yeah, maybe one of these <laughs> times we can come oh, on and, and kind of discuss some of that stuff. But, uh, um, but that's a big part of it. It's just the, the, the safety aspect of it and getting, like I said, that's keeping people, yeah, getting people yeah. into yeah. it safety. and making sure that they're going to go out there and do things safe, just like the iron dog. I mean, you can't, said if you're having problems and if you have a problem it, it could it, it could be life or death you know oh, no doubt about it no doubt about Alaska it Alaska I mean, doesn't care no the weather doesn't care no mm -hmm. mother nature could give a shit less about you your sled or you know anything yeah. you got going on for sure right that's right. cool on the helmet it. thing because i'll be honest my kids been just rocking their hockey helmets yeah when yeah. we're going on this on the four-wheelers and stuff like that and i wanted to bring up that also i saw that uh you're in a dirt biking i am yeah i'm big yeah big in the dirt bike i've, I've kind of always been into it and i kind of just more recently kind of really got back into it and mm. uh, my kids got my kids into it and it's mm -hmm. it's a lot of fun yeah it's uh again a good way to get out and what's and, the and um that. potential future of a expedition endurance long dirt bike race type thing Ooh. i could see i mean you know they've actually had some uh some hair scrambles up here and you know it was hair crazy. scrambles yeah, hair scramble it's basically a timed event where you know you basically maybe do do laps and they're you, big down south they in are like they're really colorado big and south. idaho you know guys that maybe aren't necessarily motocrossers but you know are, are decent on a bike and it's it's really more about endurance and technical riding yeah technical riding and so that the, the trails are pretty can be technical and it's basically uh you know you, you count how many laps you do and and it's like th three hours plus you know um 
your finish lap or whatever. So mm. a little over three hours, and and those uh, Red Bull puts on some big events. Oh, they put oh, some. They they put, yeah, that, that, that makes like sense. Those, That's uh, who that, we need to come and do a video, man. Yeah. Romania. Yeah, Red Bull has yeah, the, yeah, has the come on, Red Bull. Step Red Bull it up, man. We need documentary out here, Red Bull. Exactly. Yeah. What's the hesitation on that, guys? What like why hasn't how why haven't they? gotten into that i mean they're in the nascar they're into all the other stuff if we uh, could build that production to sell to them i bet they'd be on board with it because yeah. it has that badassness to it oh, oh, all day I, will, long, I, will, I will say the only extreme thing, of the extreme yeah. yeah the only thing that i do see about uh, you know somebody like that taking over sometimes the production takes over the corporatizing the things yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. So okay so i kind of worry about that a little bit but obviously yeah. I thanks think for your honesty on that yeah man. but i do think that there could be a balance of you know where, where you're making everybody happy i mean yeah. I think we've seen it in the race things that you know kind of happen that that you know maybe the racers aren't real excited about but you know i mean really at the end of the day if we could get more but they have the cap money they have the capital to be able to go out there with drones and GoPros yeah, and whatever yeah, no it doubt. takes yeah. to portray On the, the production level. They yeah. have it all. I know, mean, sure. the only footage they really have of this race is us coming in and out of checkpoints, that's getting insane. fuel. Yeah, airplane is, videos and stuff. I mean, it's crazy. all pretty good. They want to see us going through the bumps and battling with other teams and doing 100 mile an hour on the Yukon. Oh, I'm, I'm thinking of like pulling over and having to do a last minute wrench on something oh, or, yeah. Yeah. or, you know, pulling over and, uh, you know, guys crying of, enjoy because he you know made it to mcgrath or yeah. like that emotion and that real like yeah. human dynamic and aspect to what the race is doing yep. that that's the part that's not really getting captured maybe as much right. as, a, as a production could yeah show you know the yeah. real emotion and the real reality yeah. of it yeah yeah the, the the anguish and the despair and all the mm -hmm. and stuff the, that you go through in that race right and yeah. the pre-story i mean building the sleds in the garage yes. oh all know, the way yeah. from your training yeah you're when that sled gets delivered and you're like all yeah. right man then you bust out the wrench and start pulling the first bolt and like yep. oh, yeah going to town it'd be really cool to see that Mm -hmm. yeah. You guys should come over to our garage sometime and do oh, some. Oh, we, we should. Do We're that. on it, baby. Yeah, yeah. just call yeah. us, man. We'll Maybe be there. We just do the video. Man. Yeah, man. We just we'll have a Red Bull. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. We got the shit, man. We'll just start coming, <laughs> following. Us. We got the start of it. No, yeah. seriously though, we'll we'll communicate with you guys on the start, and then uh, you know yeah. we'd love to if we have the capability. Um, time and and uh resource uh to go up to the watch the finish and and yeah. be part of that and cover it and maybe yep. see if we can't put together a podcast up there would be oh that'd that'd be for us it's a it's a you dream come true because we this is the this is the point behind our project is yeah. to you know to to benefit alaska and everything that is yeah you yeah. can get like wild the top about three all or this five unique stuff you get like the top three or five teams into it and really built, you know, create. Oh, sure. Something that, sure. Yeah. And then like a rookie. And you guys know one. everybody, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. you guys know them all. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That'd be well, awesome. I mean, like you said, the thing is, this it's completely unique. I mean, it's a. Uh, oh, very much nothing, so. Nothing like it. Absolutely, man. You guys know anything about the wet dog race? Yeah, Ooh. I'm a, I'm familiar with it a little bit. I mean, yeah. I I, had, I I was kind of interested when the guy was trying to get that kicked off. That mm -hmm. that was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We got them coming in here. In we a do. Weeks. Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it was interesting. Uh, you know that they're the the concept is the same in terms of like that expedition race, but obviously they both have their own separate levels of yeah that's insanity dude what yeah. these guys are i mean you what guys is, are you guys are fucking race? insane for what you're the doing the wet dog I mean, race you haven't heard of it basically so. they're doing um the things on uh 
on jet, jet skis. skis. Jet skis. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 yeah doing like, a two thousand mile circuit race. Yeah. On, on a jet ski. Just imagine going from yeah. like Kodiak to the Aleutian Islands yeah, on the thing, dude. Wild. It's insane. Yeah. They know pulling over and getting no. seen back out in the open ocean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You have a breakdown, things can get real weird. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. so we'll, we'll find out about those guys. Oh, shit. You guys probably get into some wet dog situations oh, right over there by there the water been. in the river. We overflow skipped, and all that. We've water yeah. 2015. We, we probably water skipped 30 miles in the whole race. Yeah. Wow. 2006 was the same way. I mean, we were we were skipping the ocean. We were out on the ocean riding, riding across Ice, the water. Ice, snow, yep. back to water. Yeah. Well, well for people that maybe scary. don't know, like when you're hitting those, those snow machines at a high speed, you can just skip across water. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, yep. and like, we know that because we live here, but yeah. a lot yeah. of people that are listening that mm-hmm. maybe aren't from here, like, yeah. what? Like, and, this machine can just go, go across the water the by speed machi- alone. They skip water pretty well. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. They'll go fast. On get the those water. paddles ripping and oh, the skis yeah. up. Yeah. You can I get mean, we've, we've, me and Chris were having some issues in 2015, and we were just having fun at that point. We water skipped all the way across Gullivan Bay, which is about 15 miles. Wow. Wow. On and off ice patches and snow or just water all the way? Yeah, in 2006. It was a lot of water. Yeah, in 2006, <laughs> it was water the whole, almost wow. the whole way. It was, busted it was out sketchy. the old Mustang uh, life sketchy. jackets and went for it or what? <laughs> I could show you guys some pictures Put the floaties from that on year it. that was... <laughs> They could show you some pictures from that year that just it just looked like summertime out there. Don't yeah. don't get your belt wet, pretty yeah, much. Don't get <laughs> your belt wet. No. We were water skipping around corners, and we'd go across these lakes. It looked like summertime. We we we'd be going across these lakes, and you couldn't tell where the trail exited the lake. So we'd just launch our sleds up into the under the bank on the other side and search for the exit. Wow! And then yeah. go wow. to the next. And one. have to jump back on the water sometimes yeah. if you had to. Yep. And- that's crazy, it was man. Gnarly. It looked yeah. like summertime. You guys there. just must be confident, man. I mean, as far as like when you're out there and in it, like it's just. When you're in the element, I don't know. It's kind of like we have to do it. Let's go. Yeah, yeah let's we're out here, uh, you know, get, no, we get try. after it. <laughs> we don't purposely go out, you know, and try no. to skip right, water right. if we don't per- have to. But. We're pretty confident with. Yeah, I feel like you kind of have to, and you almost have to be like. We know what our machines almost will do. borderline cl- clinically a little crazy, like to like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe we know what our machines. I mean, that's will what do. I'm getting from the, from you guys. They're like, yeah, you know, we just go out there and risk our lives. No big deal. <laughs> um, I want to bring up a name, and you guys just tell me if this dude's a legend or not. Scott Davis. Oh, geez, man, he is he is a legend for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a oh, seven Scotty time Iron Davis. Dog. Doug Champ, he's uh, he's been through all generations of the race and yeah. riders oh, wow. and everything, and yeah, he raced motocross. He's, I mean, he's just uh, definitely. I mean, he's he's pretty much won every every type of racing up here in Alaska, and you know, when it comes to dirt bikes and snow machines, he was competitive up to the last race he did, which yeah. was I think 2015. He got second. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Is he just up in up in age now? Elder. Um, he, he retired. He retired. Made, yeah. He made it stick. This time, I mean, he, he <laughs> oh, he, he goes it, in and out. Yeah, he kind of went in and out of it. As a matter of fact, we were the couldn't first, stay away. The first time he announced his retirement, we were all high fiving because we're like, all right, we're moving up a position. Yeah, yeah. man, we get a chance <laughs> to win this thing. Because I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, he, you know, even you know, he he has seven wins, but I mean, his his top three records is just it's un it's unbelievable. He's up there it's all just, the time. It, yeah, he was always at you know he he was up there every time, and so like I said, we were literally. Uh, I was racing with Matt. I remember the first time he said he wasn't racing. And we were, we're literally in the back high five and going like, we're moving up a spot next year, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, 
what are some uh, maybe some other names or some other um, people that we should maybe say? Hey, these guys are actually a big part of making making this thing happen. Obviously, the the communities and the people in the villages. Oh yeah, I mean that's a big. I mean a big part of it is just this. I mean it's it's a volunteer organization. So, you know, when we, we go to a checkpoint and we're getting fuel and stuff, I mean these guys are up all night out there on their own time to help us out. So mm-hmm. I mean. You know, a big shout out to just everybody that helps. Uh, like I said, they're volunteering their time to do this and just to help us do this race. So yeah, it takes an army to put it together. Yeah, yeah. You got a, like a director? Do you, do you, is there like yeah. a, a specific team? Four or five, there's six a, yeah, people. So Iron yeah. Iron Dog has a couple a couple actual employees of Iron Dog, but okay. for, the most, for the most part, it's like I said, it's. It's really a, a volunteer-based organization. All the board members. Um, mm, there's a board, uh, okay. Yeah, there's a board, yeah. and and they're they're, they're they've got a, a good board in there that's being that's very active right now and trying to you know make some of these changes. Mm-hmm. And they've got an executive director in front of them. Yeah. We've got mm-hmm. a new executive director this for this season. What, what's his name? Her name? Bob Minnie. Yeah, Bob, Bob Minnie. And he's yeah. from down south, so he's got a lot of connections with you know the. Kind of the hub of snowmobile racing is out of Minnesota, and he's got a lot of connections down there, and he's mm-hmm. been in the industry a long time. Okay. All right. Interesting. So he should be good. That's cool. And he's he's not an Alaskan, but he's still... He, li- he lives here now. Yeah. Love, loves the sport and passionate about the for growth sure. of it. And yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And yeah. for our favor, he's a proponent. He's a strong proponent of Polaris. There you <laughs> go. There kind of was putting those two, two together there. <laughs> Well, we appreciate you guys coming out, man, yeah, and, man. and, and just shining us. the light on this this activity, this sport that happens every year in Alaska. And, and like we were talking before, like everyone's probably heard of Iron Dog, but Definitely. the, the nitty gritty of the details yeah. of it and, and to have a couple of, uh, you know, soon to be legends of the sport come in and, and speak to us and speak to all of our listeners. I mean, we really appreciate you guys coming yeah. in and and and, yeah, and letting us time. know and and anyone out there that is uh looking for some more info definitely hit these guys up at polaris mike and at chris olds and then team 10 yep yeah we've got a facebook page as well yeah, yeah. like 10. i said hit us up with any questions we like i said we're I, i'm not i'm not super active on my social media but now that winter time's coming i get more more active mm-hmm. and have a little more time to interact with people respond but to like, the yep. aspiring uh, young iron yeah. dogs especially if, uh, especially guys dreamers. that are i mean i'll take my time out for sure especially if they're, if they're wanting to get into it yeah. i'll definitely put my time but anybody yeah. anybody has any questions i love i love you can ask my wife i love talking iron dogs so that's right <laughs> and, and the and the and race the starts As she rolls what's, her the eyes? St- what's the what's the start of the race february 19th this year? february yep. 19th yep. Yeah, yep. dude, that's the that's the same day as the meat party. Is it really? Yeah, so oh, maybe we we'll have to go out there and and be out there for the start of the race or the end of the race. Big Lake, right? Yep. Yep. Start yep. of the race is the nineteenth. It's like early in the morning too, isn't it? Uh, it'll like start at 11. eleven. Yeah. Oh, okay. It'll start. She got enough time to buzz back to town and get her yeah. meat party going. Yeah, of course. Nice. Yeah, you nice. guys should come out. Yeah, we appreciate. Oh, we what got you guys to. We'll are bring doing. the cameras out there. Yeah, get a sure. little footage started out I mean, there for these guys. Essentially, it's. I think there's 29 teams, so two minute intervals. You know, take about an hour to get everybody off. You know, from the start to the last team, first to the last team. Yeah. Nice. Well, thank you guys. We appreciate you guys, and thank you yeah. to the listeners and everyone that's uh, following us. And go ahead and check out uh, Team Ten, and we appreciate it in Alaska. Team Ten. Yeah. yeah, yeah thank, thank, thank you, guys. you guys. Yep. Stay wild, Alaska. You remember my speaking to you of what I call your overcaution. Are you not overcautious when you assume that you cannot do what the enemy is constantly doing?
The Alaska Wild Project podcast is brought to you by the following sponsors. The Bait Shack, located on Ship Creek upstream of the bridge. Can't miss the bright red shack. They're the go-to fishing gear rental and guide service on Ship Creek. Tight lines and fish on. Come hook into the action with them. Hit them up at thebaitshackak.com. Lawn Pro AK, your year-round professional property maintenance company, providing services such as weekly lawn maintenance, driveway sweeping, snow and ice management, and tons more. Get your free estimate today at lawnproak.com. Anchortown Dogs, located at 4th Avenue across from the old 4th Avenue Theater. Look for the blue and gold umbrella. From reindeer dogs to bomb euros, they've got you covered. Anchortown Dogs, your local gourmet hot dog and sausage cart. Menegato's Accounting, locally owned and operated advisory and tax accounting solutions. Passion, experience, diligence. Learn more at menegatosaccounting.com. Double Shovel Cider Company, located off Arctic and 58th. Handcrafted Alaskan-made cider. They also have a tap room downtown on the corner of 5th and E. Check them out at doubleshovelcider.com. Serrano's Mexican Grill, two locations, one on Tudor, one on Northern Lights. The Northern Lights location has their new tequila bar. Check it out. Also see their daily specials at serranosmexicangrill.com. AKO Farms, located in Sitka, Alaska, built from the ground up with concentrates as their single motivation. Find their products such as their sugar wax, full spectrum diamond sauce carts, and more at the Treehouse AK and other dispensaries around the state. Ask your local bud tender about AKO. TheTreehouseAK.com, located at 341 Boniface Parkway. Your all-in-one cannabis and CBD store. Ask the bud tender what the strain of the day is to get your 10% off. The Treehouse, where the culture lives. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machine under the influence. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. For the use of only by adults 21 and older. Keep out of the reach of children and marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. Tailored Restoration 24-Hour Emergency Home Services. Helping Alaskans restore their dreams since 1972. Services include fire, water, mold, post-emergency cleaning, repair, and remodeling. Give them a call in Anchorage, Eagle River, Matsu, or Fairbanks. Hit them up at tailoredrestorationalaska.com.